I see you added a Brian sticker on your bottle there. I did. You nice. like that? That's very cool. I it, hope someone's a little weird. I hope somebody asks you about that one day. Like, what's that? <laughs> it's like, me. Who, I hope somebody's like looking in there like, is is that you? That's like a Did you make a sticker of that's yourself? Like a cuter kind of anime style but of you. They look at it, they're gonna be like, what is this combination of things happening on this? I had to get a new water bottle because mine, the cap, I finally just destroyed it. I dropped it too many times. You know, times. for Halloween, you could just dress as the sticker version of yourself. That would be pretty fun. Bring in an axe, spray paint the head red. I don't have a red-headed axe, you know? I know uh, that's yeah, like you don't. Bring in, bring in a log. Like, you could do that. You could be like, hey, look, I'm sticker Brian for this Halloween. This would not be hard. I you need to get those socks. I have a bandolier already, so that's good. Yeah. I don't have any socks with red on the top. I'm sure you have that shirt, though. I definitely have a shirt like that. Yeah. I don't know if it fits anymore because yeah. I'm a... I'm a big boy. Well, you know, bigger boy, that, that's bigger boy than I used to be. Sticker Brian's no diminutive fellow either. Yeah, he's got presence to him. He's that's carrying right. around a log. I mean, little 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 dudes just can't 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 just sling a log like that. There was a log. Oh, there was some, there was a joke around that somehow. I forgot. My kids had something about a log. Maybe it had to do with travel log. Travel log. That's what it was. Okay, that was yep. my joke. That was I, your joke. That yeah, was in the, the pen, on the Pencast 100. Yep. Yep. There you go. That's where that came from, right? It is. Wow. That's okay. I'm really on That's my game okay. today. Well. <laughs> Should be a fun podcast. I mean, to be more forgettable than me is a, quite a feat. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying every Good day. Good job. It's Just impressive. cramming more in there. It's impressive. Uh, All, right, All right. We're recording. We are. We've got levels. Levels, Jerry. And uh, yeah, okay. that, that is literally all we need for a successful podcast. Well, we'll see what happens. We've continued to hours. lower the bar and yet people still listen. So, well. We'll see. We'll, we'll test test that again today. As we do every week. <laughs> yep. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 122 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I'm Brian Goulet. And I'm Drew Brown. Drew looks like he's in pain over there. Uh, we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous, and extemporaneous fountain pen show, where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're going to be talking about pen brands that we wish would fill out more of their budget-friendly range, favorite pen show memories, what Lamy Lux colors that we would like to see, if we have any grail nibs, not just pens, but nibs, uh, what's the purpose of reverse writing with a nib, like for real, and you'll get to meet our customer care specialist, Ethan, because we'll keep the meet the team thing going, since y'all seem to love that. Uh, anyway, we will kick it off with feedback. Patrick wrote in this week mm -hmm. and says, those new wearing goal inks are incredible. I haven't seen a red ink that has caught my eye as much as the Captain Hook has recently, and Drew's enjoyment and excitement for it is certainly pushing me to grab a bottle. Captain Hook is cool, y'all. It's a cool red ink. It's a good one. I'm super into it, yeah. and uh, I need to quickly... I was just telling Brian I need to get rid of these holiday inks for my pen so I can ink one up. At least one pen needs to run out organically. I just I feel like I need to do that. I know it's an arbitrary rule, Brian. <laughs> it's, it's such an arbitrary but rule. I don't want to be wasteful. At least one needs to run out before I ink up all three. Like I'll dump two, but I can't I can't dump all three. One of them needs to show me signs of it being all right, whatever. You realize a converter holds like half a milliliter I know. of ink. I know. I've been alternating very effectively. One of them hasn't run out yet. You're talking about like drops, like literally drops. I know. And it's mostly water. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Okay, Captain Hook, here we come. All Make right. it happen, man. 
Ride yeah. that, ride that excitement. All right, we're gonna do it. You won't regret it. Arlene writes in to say that Sailor does indeed make Fude fountain pens. We talked last week about okay. Fude versus yeah. Flex, and we said that they make the Hokuro with the Fude, but they we don't know if they have like a standard Fude on their on their pen assortment. Apparently, they make one, and uh, Arlene reminds us, as did a lot of our uh, listeners, that uh, it is called the Sailor Fude de Manin. And it is not available in the U.S. Um, it's like a specialty. It's name. one of those things you only see at jet pens. So that makes me think that uh, it's a Japan it's only It's a Japan thing, thing yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, they say that they have two different versions, a 40-degree and a 55-degree angled nib. And the hmm. you, the consensus is that they're different great for drawing. steepness of yeah. fude. And they yeah. look like just kind of standard fountain pens. So Interesting. they're definitely out there. So. If you can grab one, I think that's a great food idea. They're food. all uh, really affordable. I saw them from between like 15, oh, this is, 15, this is, 20. This is different than what I'm thinking of because we have the we have the Holy Grail nib question. Mm-hmm. So I was researching some of the crazy sailor nibs. They do have some like gold sailor food aid nibs. No, they're like are, specialty these are steel. kind of things. Yeah. Huh. So I don't think I've ever used one of those. I'd never heard of it. Food aid demand. Sailor food aid. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. So thank you, Arlene, and to Look everyone who um, wrote listening. in and reminded me that, or didn't remind me, educated me. Oh, yeah. So, this is, oh, yeah, okay. So yeah, yeah it's they're like out there. Sub $20. Yeah, definitely sub $20. Hmm. So they're out there. Maybe we can grab one one day. Interesting. We'll, we'll ask for it, as always, and they'll probably say no. Hmm. Uh, Brian, do you remember last week when I said that... Uh, <laughs> the first image that I see is somebody reverse writing with a food There we go. With a food day. It's like, how obscure can you get yeah anyway sorry uh last week i talked about how i always feel weird saying aussie and not aussie because i just don't feel like i feel like i'm mocking yeah the because you're a a cultural poser drew i that's what it feels like however (laughs) i've been reminded that that's the normal way to say but um my pen friend um uh andrew who is an attorney in australia Okay. Uh, fix that for me. So this is a full legal profession. <laughs> what is that? This is an official document. <laughs> Get out of here. Granting me permission <laughs> from a legal professional in Australia. Wow. To say Aussie. So uh, we've got. Um, so Andrew is a part of a pen club over okay. in uh, Queensland that is made up of all legal professionals. So attorneys and counselors and uh, barristers and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, and they call themselves the ink attorneys. So that's clever. That's, so this is the uh, the uh, worshipful company of ink attorneys, which he told me is a playoff of some other old school um, name. Okay. Uh, to whom all this presence may come, be it known that Drew Clayton Brown, that's me, of Henrico County, also Commonwealth of Virginia, within the United States of America, on this day has been admitted as an honorary member of the Worshipful Company of Ink Attorneys and designated an apprentice ink attorney. Wow. Uh, With all rights, privileges, and duties appertaining thereto, including the right to use the term Aussie, pronounced Aussie. He wrote that down there. O-Z-Z-I-E, yeah. Yeah, so um, (laughs) given under my hand at the Common Seal of uh, Company of Brisbane at the state of Queensland, uh, Commonwealth of Australia, this day of 26 January 2024. So um, this is by the Chief Penabling Officer of the uh, Ink Attorney uh, Club. This does look rather official. Yeah, so this is going to go up in the office so that I can remind myself that I'm not, that I'm authorized to say Aussie. That's right. So from now on... It doesn't get much more official than that. No. Aussie Liquid Gold is the name of the... uh, Ink now, no longer Aussie. <laughs> I mean, it is Australia. It's right. That's Australia. what I, I, that's what I, I But no, but I, it's going to be Aussie now because I'm official. Yeah. So here we go. 
Awesome. That is very official. Absolutely. I, feel, right. I feel, you know, I, it's, it's interesting when uh, the, the hobby is a very interesting hobby in that at any given time, you do something with a fountain pen or something fountain pen related, you might be the only person doing that thing with that pen at any given time on the planet. It's possible. So yeah. today, I'm just going to go ahead and say I am the only person on the planet Earth that has received a uh, authorization to use a phrase or a you know style of a phrase in reference to fountain pen products by a fountain pen user attorney in Australia. I think it's pretty safe to say that- How amazing is that? You stand alone on the planet in that respect. I feel so very special. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm a pretty cool guy. I can't say I've got that, so you got got a leg up on me. Well, as as an apprentice ink attorney, I I think I can tell you that it's okay to say Aussie. Okay. I don't actually know what I say. I'll I'll have to catch myself like in normal conversation. All right, all right, I got one from Caleb. 9648. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Sorry. Uh, I really loved the focus on joy in this episode. I'm assuming this is last episode. Yeah. I can say that I've been in a bad mental place for the last few years, as I'm sure many others have, but finding fountain pens last year and the community around them has been such a genuine pleasure. It has helped me reduce my stress levels. I've made new friends. I've improved my handwriting skills, and I feel like my memory is a bit better too. It has been such a joyous and positive thing in my life, and I'm really glad other people find as much joy in the hobby as I do. That is really cool to hear. That is delightful. That lightens up my life quite a bit. I make new friends all the time, too. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, the memory hasn't improved. I'll say that. Yeah, I was going to say that. I'm not feeling maybe as much, but you know what? We never know how, what our memory would be like if we weren't doing the pen thing all the time. Maybe. So maybe, you know, in an alternate- I could probably write more. In an alternate timeline. I think about that too. That was like one thing I was thinking about with New Year's. Like maybe I should like make a concerted effort to improve my handwriting. And then I was like, I have like a million things going on. There's no way I'm going to be able to commit to that. Yeah. But you know, it's a nice thought. It is, and, and it's and it's. I respect I, anybody who can. And yeah. it's our immense honor <laughs> to even be a small part of anything that can bring you respite or peace for sure. when you're having these tough times. And like Absolutely. you said, it's it's been it's been a, it's been a tough couple of years for a lot of people. So yes. we get that, and uh, it's a delight. Being yeah. a part of that. Very cool. Love hearing it. Keep it coming. And then Just Beth Trying says, Jenea is a rock star. I propose a new title for her. Jenea, Baroness of Bling. Well, I tell you, it's already taking root because I've literally used that within the last 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> In she, natural she, conversation. We all approve of that, <laughs> including Jenea. Yes. So. so that might stick. Yeah. We shall see. She definitely lives up to it. All right. And then we got Kelly... La Liberté. I like the Meet the Team feature. I hope you'll continue this. Well, we are today. Um, I think we got another one filmed as well already, and we got more team members that haven't done it yet. So yes, we, do. we will keep it going. I don't know. What happens when we run out? Do we just bring people back? Uh, by, by that time, I think people will have forgotten the first team member. So yeah, you know, yeah, we'll yeah. bring them back. I still, I think I should do you one day. I should do Rachel too. You really should. Yeah. People definitely haven't heard enough of my story. Oh, I can I can think of some weird questions for you. <laughs> I bet you can. I bet that would not <laughs> take a lot of effort. Uh, and I'm sure I could answer them easily because easily. I have no problem talking. All right. That said, uh, we got some new stuff to talk about. All right. What's new? It's kind of a bunch. We got some things, especially for the next two weeks. We got a bunch of stuff that's coming out. So I'm going to roll through these a little bit. But my stuff's maybe a little easier to talk about because it's all Conklin Monteverde stuff. All basically same nibs, just like different 
bodies, different shapes, different colors. Um, so we've got two different Conklin pens. These ones, totally don't expect y'all to be super excited about these, but that's okay. It's not really for like the pen cast audience. Um, it's the Lex Hippocrates um, fountain pen and rollerball. So it's basically like a doctor lawyer pen. Um, it's black. It's very, it's very plain looking in some ways, but it's, it's basically like a gift pen for somebody like doctor lawyer or somebody graduating law school, med school, whatever, or going to law school, med school. Um, 108 bucks for the rollerball, 116 for the fountain pen. It's a gift pen. We don't do a lot of these, but we're like, you know what? Let's try it. Let's see what happens. We're entering into graduation season at some point and it'd be a nice offering to have. So if y'all like it, cool. If you don't, totally fine. We got other exciting stuff coming. Uh, next, I got the Monteverde Regatta called Mondrian. This is a limited edition and it looks really good. I don't know. These regattas, like they're weird looking pens. This like is a, I gotta say, they're just, they're objectively weird. Yes. But the way they keep coming up with these colors and different things, like it's the kind of weird that I don't hate. You know what I mean? Like, and this is a different kind of weird. Normally you've got these stacked segmented pens. Yeah. Normally they're like, by they're like alternating patterns and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But this, it's a nice like rainbow kind of graduated. It's like a wrap. Almost looks like an ombre. Yeah. yeah it's but a, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a design wrap. So there's no segments. There's no separation of the design. Uh, so you get a nice uniform il- illustration kind of. It's a, yeah. it's an art throwback. It's neat. Um, uh, limited edition. I don't know how many they're making. Is it numbered? I don't I don't recall. recall. I don't know. Check the website. Um, $108 for that pen. And we have the Monteverde Invincia Vega. So normally the Invincias all have carbon fiber in them. That's kind of like their thing. These do not have carbon fiber. So if you're a little carbon fibered out, that's okay. These are still cool pens. Like the form factor of the Invincia is still a very pleasant pen. Um, It's a bit large side. It's a bit on the heavy side. So it's maybe not for everybody, but it's a very pleasant pen. I think it's a really good, just like it's a very stately kind of a pen. Um, but there's four colors, starlight yellow, blue, green, and purple. And it's basically a black base pen that looks like it's like almost like splattered with paint. Um, that kind of a vibe kind of reminds me of some of the shown design stuff that he's done with the anodized stuff. It's not exactly the same, but he's done like the the anodized kind of splattered look. That's like the only thing that I can think of that has anything that I've that's seen a look bit like of a that. stretch for me. It's definitely a stretch. Like I that stuff say, is way different. I would say looks like the inside of a laser tag arena. That there you go. That works. Just like some some teenager who works there went in there with some black like paint and you know wet paintbrush and started just flinging yeah. paint around or maybe like a paintball like an they don't yeah. really that's the, they don't do like indoor paintball do they I i'm sure they I, do I, I don't know probably somewhere like an arena with those big inflatable yeah shapes they hide if behind. you had like but laser tag you got like the black walls yeah. and all that kind of stuff yeah this, what, this, this is what it makes me okay. think of or i'm thinking like when you have those some of those like rubber like gym interlocking like tiles that you can get you know what i mean some of them are like they're black rubber but they have like specked colors in them like floor pads? Yeah, they're like you know, they like rubber floor pads or like maybe three-eighths of an inch thick. And you like lock them down for when you're like lifting weights and stuff like that. Oh, see, that's you know? why I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they have them at gyms, you know? What? You know, have you heard of those? <laughs> like the guy from yeah. the office? <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, this is not relevant to anything. You can look at them because we're going to put pictures up. 76 bucks. So pretty decent. They're, they're uh, pretty cool looking pens. Uh, then we got a new color of the Monteverde Ritma. This is a green... Greens are tough. They can look weird, but this is a nice green. It's a nice darker green. Um, really nice looking color. I don't know if I would call this like 
olive. No, because it's, it's a not bit quite lighter. yellow enough. They've, they've done an olive. This is not that. Yeah, this is not that. But it's a it's a very pleasant looking yeah. green. So check that out. It's only forty bucks. And then last but not least, we have kind really, of least <laughs> a little bit like, least of what I'm mentioning. Maybe. Physically, physically least. Yeah, and price least. Yeah, um, the Monteverde Ritma Gal. Gala or is it Gala? I've been calling it Gala, I realize, and now I'm like, it could be Gala. Yeah. I don't know. Aussie? Aussie? Oh, no. What is it? Who's going to authorize us for this one? I don't know. Um, Anyway, G-A-L-A. How would you pronounce that? Um, Depends on if it's a ball that you attend to dance at or an apple you put in your mouth. You know what? Now that I think about it, I do... I say gala apples, and if you're if there's like a ball, I'm like it's a gala. Mm-hmm. I say it two different ways. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't know how to pronounce this. Oh, it's <sighs> neither of those things. Either way, so maybe it's, it's a pen. Maybe, maybe it's gala. <laughs> gala. Gala. <laughs> gala. Check out the Ritma Gala. There we go. Uh, fountain pen. So this is a uh, black, and it has a number five OmniFlex nib. So kind of a specific use, but. What's interesting about this pen is it's a lanyard pen. A small lanyard pen. So it's like a pocket Ritma. It's like a smaller pocket Ritma. So it's still got the magnetic cap, but the magnet's pretty strong. I tested it myself, and I found that you can wear like seven to eight pens on that lanyard. He did. Um, I looked like, you know, I don't know what I'd look like, but I was just like, this is kind of fun. And I just kept like putting more and more pens on it. So uh, anyway, it's kind of fun. You don't have to use it as a lanyard. You can take the lanyard part off and then you just have a little hook, kind of like the little traveler's pen. You know, I've got the, I carry the traveler's pen around. I I, noticed that. I have never lanyardized it, but it's there, you know, it's not too obstructive, Mm -mm. but it's a little pocket pen. So if you're into pocket pens, I will say that pen, you cannot use a full-size converter. You can use one of the little mini converters, which I think it comes with, um, or short standard international cartridges. So... That's it. I'm out. Drew, All right. It's on Tagging you. in. You got just as much to talk about. All right. We've got a new exclusive Montegrappa Elmo 01 model. Our first one was that cool beach looking pen. We're going to follow that up. Staying within theme. This one's called the Barrier Reef. We've got another mm. gorgeous, gorgeous acrylic made by Montegrappa. It looks lovely. No, I know. Not by Montegrappa. It is by... Turnt Pen Company. Yes. So Turnt Pen Company makes these. They're lovely. This one is equally lovely. Quite different, though. That is going to be available this week at $316. It is limited. So check that out. I think when we talked about it last time, we said that Monograppa made the material. We We did. Almost made that mistake, but I'm glad you caught yourself. Good job. Um, Edison coming out with a new pen. That's not something that happens very often, but they have now the River's Edge Beaumont, which Mm. is a little bit of an unsung hero in the Edison line. My current favorite pen, since we don't have the Ascent anymore, I like the Beaumont's form factor because it is a smaller pen. Yeah. And it's also flat top, which I also appreciate. You're a flat top guy. Flat tops are better. So it's a very nice... haircuts and pens, you know? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) For sure haircuts. (laughs) Uh, The Beaumont also... uh, This particular Beaumont looks like a very stony, pebbly look. Mm -hmm. River's Edge is a perfect name for it. So, But you'll see that when you check it out. It's $149. Yobo Nib, classic Edison production quality. You love it. I love it. Let's move on. Bennu coming out with another hand-painted pen. And if you don't already know this, Alex over at Bennu is their sole designer, pen maker, and painter. Like, this guy does everything. And if he doesn't do it, then Kate does all the other stuff. They really are amazing. They do have a team, but those two really are incredible. And this painting is just one of the many incredible things that they do. The Valentine's Day pen that I'm talking about here is called Love's Little Lark, and it includes a hand-painted Cupid on every Euphoria model pen. So these being 
hand painted are going to be in the higher price range at $280, and they are going to be quite limited as all of the other hand painted Euphorias and other pens are. Have they all been Euphorias? I want to say that all the hand all the recent ones, ones have, been have definitely yeah. yeah. So that's available now. Check it out. And now we're going to jump into a bunch of Ferris wheel press inks because three of them have just landed. The first being their 2024 special edition ink, Aurorealis. So that is a 38 mil bottle. Um, again, that's going to be limited, you know, in the 2024 year. It'll probably be available for quite some time. I think we ran out of last year's color toward the end of the year. So mm-hmm. um, it's limited, but like it should be around for a little bit. Yeah. Um, that one is going to be $25 again for 38 mil. It's a dark purple with some pink and gold shimmer. Also with pink and gold shimmer, um, this one's a teal, is knitted nettle. So that is a smaller fairy tales version of the bottle so a 20 mil bottle um for 20 dollars, and that is uh you've got aurorealis which is a dark purple with pink gold shimmer knitted nettle is teal with pink gold shimmer and then we've got sherry sonata also by ferris will press this is just a standard bottle 38 mils for 22 dollars, and it's a uh, pale burgundy no shimmer no pink and gold shimmer in that one no no pink and gold shimmer on that too one. bad they're so, on roll. Aurorealis, knitted nettle and the sherry sonata all from ferris will press all available now sounds pretty good all right that's the new stuff Whew. that's a bunch um you can check those out on new arrivals because i think mm-hmm. they've all launched at this point and well as we've got some stuff in coming soon as well on goodlypens.com so check those out and let's do some q a all right <clears throat> our first question comes to us from uh emma who's been uh really nailing it with some cool questions recently yeah what are some brands that do not have pens models throughout the whole price range mm. but we wish they had like for mm. example a brand that only has pens in the higher price ranges that you wish would make a pen in the more budget friendly price range or vice versa. Or vice versa. Yes. Thank you for giving me more options to answer this question. Yeah, you love more I options. Needed that. So you've got you've um, got you know boundaries and multiple options. So, geez, just so great which for you. which brands that make high end pens do I wish would make more accessible pens? Mm-hmm. All of them, I guess. Like, would that be so? Like, dreaming, I'd be like, well, of course, all of them. That would yeah. make sense. However, I'll nuance that answer a little yeah. bit because it's like, you know, would you want? That's not an interesting answer. Um, well, it's not an interesting answer. It's definitely a cop-out answer for one. It's also kind of true, though. It's like, but also I think about like, I don't know, what's another good analogy would be like an automobile manufacturer. Like, would I want Lamborghini to make like a Ford Escort equivalent? I'm like, not really, because I don't think that they would really make that so great. You know, like I kind of want them to like focus on what they do best. I think there are some brands that like, yeah, it would be kind of natural. You would for want them a to McLaren like, SUV? <sighs> Not if it was like thirty-five grand. Like it wouldn't be great because that's not what they do. You but know you what I mean? still get to drive a McLaren. I mean, <laughs> y'all know that is my dream car. Is the McLaren F1? Um, I, was just, I was trying to think. Is like a bunch of companies like Ferrari made an SUV. Yeah, like, I know Porsche is making Porsche some, is definitely some entry oh, yeah. level. They've been making the Cayenne for years. Yeah. They did some other ones, and like they had a Ford Mustang SUV, and like mm. there's all these things. SUVs are unignorable at this point. I literally, that's what Rachel and I drive every day. So, yep, as you, you have two. Well, yours are crossovers. Aren't yeah, they? they're smaller. What is the difference between a crossover and SUV? Is it like I car frame? Just smaller. Is like car frame versus a truck frame? I think. I don't know. I don't and know. also, it's also the number of seats. I guess. 
Oh, I don't know. We are diverging. Yes. Um, anyway, so I'll, 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 I'll get to my answer. I'll just, I took notes and I'll just say the things that I wrote. Um, I think Sailor would be a great one. They have amazing pens. They do have the Compass. That is a somewhat newer offering just in the last few years that they've had, in the U.S. at least. And the highest Neo. And the highest Neo. But, I mean, the highest Neo is not. It's not really this. I mean, I guess it's the same as like the Platinum Preppy compared to a 3776. Like it's really not the same at all. So I don't know. High Ace Neo and the Compass, they're nice pens for what they are, but I don't feel like they give you a sense of what Sailor is as a brand. But then I was thinking about like, I don't know, do any of the brands really do that? Like most brands, their lower end offerings are really kind of completely different than their higher end offerings. So um, maybe Lamy, but they don't really go super high end. You know, I don't know. I don't know who really does bridge this well. I mean, Pilot has an incredible range of pens, but like their steel nib pens are pretty different from their gold nibs. They are, but they're still, they still maintain that signature quality control and performance. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I guess it's like, so like it whatever, what, what you're looking the, for. the thing you get out of writing with a Pilot pen is yeah, consistency, like consistency, performance, yeah. and you get that across the board. True. You know, yeah. down down to the very entry level and yeah. then all the way up at the top. I would like to see that with Sailor, too. Yeah. Because I think Sailor, like when I think about Sailor, they have good consistency as well. But um, they also have so many different, um, like, color offerings and themes to the different pens. Like, to me, that would be really cool to incorporate some of that into some lower price pens as well. Because I think that would be pretty cool. Um, so Sailor definitely is one that I think would be great. Um, I was thinking about this, but pretty much all the Italian brands, because not a lot of them, some of them have like relatively more affordable pens, but that's only because like, if you look at Visconti, like their more affordable stuff is still in like 150 plus. Like that's, I don't know if I would really call that affordable. I don't think I could, you know, when you look at like Pilot, like their gold nibs start at that price point, you know, they they have plenty of pens below that. So but then also, like, you and I, we've seen some Italian pens that come out that are, like, in the 50 to $70 range. I think we can. And I, they haven't been I think we my can, favorite. I think we can say that the Metropolis was a failed pen. Like, it it, it just was. Like Well, I and I think about, like, the Stipula Passaporto. You know, the, 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 and, the Visconti you know, Breeze didn't do well. And I and, and these yeah. companies would say that. Like, yeah. you know, we're not, we're not think, trash talking. They just didn't work, you know, and that that's okay. Yeah. Some I, things don't work. I think I think some of that is like just the way that like the manufacturing is set up in Italy. It's just not made for like mass production like that, you know. And so it's just if you want that like Italian vibe, you're you're working with really small companies basically. Yeah. And they just can't put out pens in that kind of same well, thing. Well, I think I guess, the but... important thing for Visconti to do is I think they could do it, but they might not be able to make it in Italy. Mm, but I think yeah. what you get from Visconti is you know fun designs and yeah. fun creativity like really fun yeah. um you know body styles too because yeah. they they are they're not just about color they're about different body styles yeah. and just overall yeah. you know big aesthetic yeah so if they outsourced they might be able to do it but it would be not made in italy so yeah. it's like you know, know it would it would definitely not be the same yeah yeah that would be tough monograppa they've got some amazing stuff but 
pretty much everything is like higher end. Like their most yeah. affordable stuff's like 300 bucks. And when they have you gone, know, you know, mid-level with like the Game of Thrones stuff and the Harry Potter stuff, you know. And that's, that's done okay. But it's, it's been, a, it's, it's done okay. Still, but yeah, they, I mean, the, what they do on the high end is like, it's so good. It starts to not like, feel like a Monte Grappa anymore. Yeah, Same thing with Visconti. One. That's a tough yeah. one. So like, if done right, I think that would be amazing to have those two. Yeah. But, you know, again, not to knock like any of the lower stuff, like the Mythos is a great example. Like that's a very solid. That's you know, as pen. successful as I think any Italian brand has done getting yeah. close to entry level. Well, and the Elmo, like when they came out with the Elmo years ago, that pen was like $200, which is still not entry level, but for Montegrappa, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. So that'd be kind of neat. Um, this one was kind of interesting. Uh, I put Pelican. Now, Pelican has some more affordable pens, but they're all like kid pens. Oh, I see what you like mean. Like they have the Pelicano in the Pelicano Junior, the Pelican Twist. Mm-hmm. Like they really don't feel like, like you look at the Souverons. Yeah. You know, M200, 400, 600, 800,000. And then you look at a Twist. It's like are these even made by the same company? Like there's nothing that translates between the two necessarily. Yeah, didn't they at one point have a 100? They've had a 100, yeah. But even that was not super affordable. Really? I, mean, that was, I think it was still a steel nib. I've got a 100 and then like a 101. They've done all kinds of yeah. things over the years. Um, but that was still like, that was more like M200-ish range, mm. um, which, you know, you're still looking, pushing $200 for that. So, but I'm talking like, you know, something in like a Lamy Safari all-star type of range. Yeah. But That didn't you know, look like a toy. That doesn't look like a toy. Yeah, they all kind of look like kid pens. Yeah. Um, I was thinking they had like a couple or they, they've had, was it like this? I wanted to say like the Stella, but that was a that's a pilot thing. They had something, but it was still in like $75, $80 and it was not that amazing. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you know, they can do it. Just do the same thing as a yeah, twist, but put it's it on a yeah. less insane body style. I think they must probably do a lot in like the art supply world and like the kids thing. Kind of like Lamy has like the ABC and the the necks and stuff like that. It's like, it feels like those kind of pens, you know? So it's like, it would be cool to see some like offerings from Pelican that are more like a Safari or Mm All-Star. I think they could do it. Definitely. Um, But that'd be kind of neat. And then that was kind of it for me. I think most of the others that I could feel kind of okay with their ranges, you know? Um, I would obviously welcome any budget-friendly pens, but... I don't know. Those are the ones that came to mind. And then I to flip it, budget brands going upscale. Um, this is tough. This is really tough. Again, going back to the car analogy, um, Volkswagen came out with their Phaeton, which was like really nice, like Mercedes, like C-Class. Is that the higher end one? S-Class? I don't remember. It was like, you know, $80,000, $90,000 car. Super nice. Like very highly rated from car critics, but like nobody bought it. Because nobody wanted to pay ninety grand for a Volkswagen, so I feel like that would be the situation. Like we get a little bit of this with Lamy. Like some people, if they're looking at like a four or five hundred dollar Lamy pen, you're like, yeah, but it's a it's a Lamy. Like it's the same thing as a Safari. You know, like it's really tough for a brand to go upscale. It takes a very very long time for that to happen. Um, so I don't know, but I think it would be. I would be curious about two brands specifically to see what they could do with high-end pens. One would be Twisby because they're so on point with the affordable stuff that if like money was no object and they could kind of go nuts, uh, I'd be very curious to see what that would look like. And then the other one is Cueco. Oh, so yeah. Cueco's done some some slightly higher-end stuff. 
But um, I'd be curious to see what they could do if they really went for it. So those are two brands that like I feel like they have good quality. You know, they've kind of got their niche. Um, but I haven't really seen anything super highly themed or super high end. So I don't know. That's what I would Conklin had some success going to the 125th anniversary Nozak. Yeah, that's we, true. We, we reordered those. That which was surprising. Me. That was I did not want to carry us. those. No. I, I was against that. Y'all were for it, and I'm glad we went for it because they ended up selling, and yeah. we bought more, and I th- we must have reordered several times. Yeah. So they yeah. did all right. I think they, they were, were beginning to, you know, they're beginning to, um, you know, fade away now. I think the limited nature is, you know, coming yeah. to a head. And they're well, they, go were, away. they were like an anniversary pen, yeah. too. So it was a kind of a, I thought, a clear purpose behind it. I didn't it. think we would sell $1,000 Conklin. Yeah. I was like, nobody's going to buy $1,000 Conklin. But they did. They absolutely did. So yeah. if Conklin can do it, you know, hey, who knows? Yeah. So that 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 that's a good motivator for me. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I'm going to go way off the map here mm-hmm. and say, why couldn't Bic or Papermate or Pentel make some nice fountain pens at an affordable price? Wow, you know that would be. Uh, so would, I'm not. That would I'm not, be un, I'm, unforeseen. I'm not thinking like a you know budget fountain pen brand going into high end. I'm thinking like a. Low, 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 low end budget. Just pen brand. Just at all. going, you know, making a, a Metropolitan or you know, make like let's get you know, Bic to make a thirty five dollar fountain pen. Like, why wouldn't that be successful? Like, you know, they'd be able to. They should be able to do that if they don't already do it somewhere. And I'm just not aware Has of it. Bic done fountain pens. I don't before? know, but you know, Pentel is. It seems like the kind of thing that they must have come out with something at some point, right? Probably. I don't. I don't know why it can't be. I mean, it couldn't Bic have been that bad. Pen. Um, so yeah, you've got Bic, you've got Papermate, you've got, um, Pentel, like who knows, Uniball could do it. So I don't know. I would like to see some of that because Pilot does that. Pilot's a large company Mm -hmm. like that. And we know that Pilot makes their money selling these disposable rollerballs, not making fountain pens. So to that end, why couldn't one of these other larger rollerball companies, uh, make, uh, you know, make some waves doing that? So Bic, it looks like they have some disposable they pens. do. They do have some. Disp- I have one in my. Uh, do you? I have one in my office. Yep. Okay. I just realized. Yep. Uh, Adrian brought me one from Spain. Huh. Uh, I forgot what it is, but it's got a little some cartoon characters in there. You pull the back out, twist it, and you put a cartridge in there, and then you fold it back in. Oh, and that's close right. It. I remember you showing that to me. Yeah. You? And the the, the yeah. nib is crimped. It does not have any tipping material in it. It's just pinched at the end to make it you know yeah. flat. So yes, Bic does make fountain pens, and it's great. Huh. It's great. I love the pen. So the X Pen. That seems to be another one. There's like the Easy Click. Yeah. So um, I'd like to see that. I'd, like why? Why not? Like they already know how to how to pen. So let's see some fountain pens from them. Okay. Um. And I do think that Sailor's getting pretty close to figuring out the entry level thing. I think they want to. I just think they're dialing it in. Like yeah. they they're definitely putting some. The Compass line is not just a pen. It is an entire focus around. I believe it's an American thing because um, they're calling the the um, the Dipton inks Compa- Compass Dipton. Dipton. Yeah. So Compass is appearing to be a line that Sailor is positioning for the U.S. market mm-hmm. for these kind of like wild and crazy stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to flesh out the Compass line and you know give us a good steel nib pen here soon because it definitely seems yeah. to be a focus of theirs. Yeah. They're they're it does seem like they're investing in the Compass line and yeah. trying to enrich that, you know, through the Hokoro nib, through all these interesting, more, you yeah. know, calligraphy type ink. So I think mm-hmm. that, you know, we should see some more of that soon, which I'm optimistic about. Yeah. Uh, and then I think that the secret to Lamy, I agree with what you said, Lamy mm-hmm. could absolutely make 
you know, an $800 pen. And I think people would buy it. The, what I think the problem is, is that you can't put that same nib on there. Like, you don't think so? No, if you have... It's a good nib though. It is, but you're, you can get that same gold nib at a, you know, $175 price point. Why would you spend all that on something I mean, up you, to $800? You can, but they don't have that many pens at that price with that the, nib Yeah, but them. you know how much the nib itself costs. So I they, mean, the nib is most of the cost. They of that need pen. they need yeah. to make a big <laughs> nib, a full size, hmm. like number six gold nib. That we've never seen from long. No, but that's that's what would need to change. I think if they the reason they couldn't if they did that it doesn't need to be number six, but you know that size, hmm. uh, like Pelican, like a bigger nib. Yeah, it, hmm. if they just decided to take a you know page out of Pelican's book and make a nice piston filler, kind of like the Lamy two thousand, hmm. but maybe a little larger. Like something very German, something that speaks to Lamy's history and design, you know, form. Mm. They could do it. You just need a bigger nib. You can't have that little tiny triangle. Mm. That wouldn't that that you're you're not going to win with that. You think it's and, like hand hand tying it or whatever? Like its hands are tied by sticking. Yeah, that absolutely. Nib on the high it's end. it's too it's too well defined in the price category. It's that like it's the in Volkswagen right now. thing with the Phaeton, yeah. right? You need to do something new. Yeah. You know, so I okay. think that they could do it. They just need to abandon the nibs they have. Come up with a nice big crazy nib with some beautiful ornate. Yeah. imprint go from there well i guess what do we what are we considering just so we can contextualize this in our own conversation here what are we considering to be like high end here well i think it's relative to where the brand sits now so okay. for like you have this, for, do you have like a specific dollar cutoff in mind for, for, for a like, company like pentel i think high end would be like 35 dollars <laughs> for yeah, a company I mean, for like, a company like lamy i think high end would be like like 250 plus no i was thinking like five to eight Oh wow! Um, because they okay. already they already make like the stainless steel two thousand, which is around the sure. range. Sure, or like the Dialogue Three, the yeah. So Emporium, they they, they the... do already live there. So I'm I'm yeah. saying for high end them, they need to be now in Visconti realm. Okay, so basically, like I mean, they've done like the Yerushi Dialogue, which was like that was like a one off thing though. Yeah, but, like they really haven't done anything five hundred plus. Yeah, like so really. I'm thinking like you know six hundred to thousand really. That would be interesting. To they, see. Could, they could do it. I, I, there's no reason that people would pay a thousand dollars for an M1000 and wouldn't pay that same amount for a comparable Lamy pen, because Lamy has the reputation unless for quality. The, unless you got the Volkswagen effect going on, like would but, would people pay that much? But Pelican for a Lamy? Pelican lives right in that same area that Lamy does, in all areas. I mean, you could argue that Pelican's lower end pens are not even of the same. You know, whatever yeah. style, class, but the fact whatever if, is the some, if someone can look at a twist and say, you know what, I'm going to buy a thousand dollar pen from that brand, then Lamy can do it. Uh, yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, we can tell you the one the ones who are our customers that are buying M1000s, they're not buying twists. So it's I don't think it's serving the same people at all. But well, we also don't stock the ABC, so we don't because. No well, buys it. did we ever carry the ABC? I don't know. Yeah, that we, we did. We did. Absolutely, we did. Yeah, we carried. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we did. The, we definitely carried the next. We tried that one twice. Yeah. Nobody wanted it. Yeah. We tried so, the first time and the next time. We just don't. We tried the twist. We've tried all these things. Like we just yeah. don't do well with like the really kid styled pens. I don't know why. But anyway, there's well, nothing wrong with them. Kids don't use fountain pens in this country. That is probably mostly the reason why, because <laughs> it's adults that are buying them. Right. Yeah. And most adults buying pens for their kids are going to buy like other pens yeah anyway okay cool well what do y'all think we would love to hear your thoughts i i feel like i know i'm missing something but i try to look at the brands on our site and give it some thought but you know i like your your approach of like the totally just like left field brand it's like not even in the game really coming out with something they could if they wanted to but they look at it and they're like there's no money over there and they're right they're right (laughs) 
I don't know how much money there is where they are right now, even because I think everybody's like, yeah. AI is going to take over all writing. I don't know. But we know it's not because we love writing. All right. I got a question for you, Drew, from Heather Gleiser. Do you have any favorite pen show memories? Sorry to give you such a difficult question. I know it's going to be so hard well, to come up with some. <laughs> <laughs> I did meet Heather at a pen show, so I'll, I'll say it was a delight, Heather. Thank you. Um, but no, I have many, many, many. I'll try to get through them quickly because yeah. I did write some down. But every single pen show I visit is a unparalleled joy that I don't think is going to be topped. And then it ends up being topped at the next show that I go to. <laughs> so uh, they've always been a delight. But there are some, there are a few things that popped into my head, and I will be missing some, so forgive me. But yeah, um, that goes for both of us. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will never forget the first time I met my friend Morali at a pen show, and you know he had been a customer, became a friend, and continues to be a lifelong friend. And uh, you know I do still get to meet him, but the first time I met him at DC, it was just really cool because you know, like a lot of people I've met at pen shows, finally being able to put a face to the name and the voice, mm-hmm. and, you know was a delight and that was yeah. uh that was a very that was a long time ago that was probably 10 years ago <laughs> yeah decade yeah so yeah. um that was a while also a while ago one of the first dc pen shows i went to i saw the canalea booth for the first time and when they first too, yeah. launched with those like insane acrylics that looked like oh you've got a beach and you've got water and you've got a cloud and like it was this stacked you know kind of almost a a uh, a distance of acrylic design that I'd never mm-hmm. seen before. And they had all the sand there. Like the first time me seeing that, I was like, whoa, that's different. It was different, yeah. That was, that was amazing. I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. And then overall, and I think you'll agree with this, Atlanta 2018 mm-hmm. was unforgettable. Yeah. So much one. happened there. That was a big one. We yeah. visited Mark Bacchus. We got to sit with him. And like I helped him with his guest list mm-hmm. and, you know, Brad and Mike did a live pen addict there. Yeah. We talked to customers about the validity of Retro 51 there. That's right. We were told like, hey, yep, Retro 51's awesome. We came back, had a meeting with Retro 51, carried it, have been successful with it ever since. Yep. Um, That's the show where I got my Pilot M90 as well. Yeah, and then you and I just got to travel adventure together. You know, yes. we, we we flew down, we drove, we went to the Varsity in Atlanta. That's right. Um, I got the shirt. Yeah. So the <laughs> whole time it was just a, it was a fun, fun trip. And that, that was, was that was cool. a show unlike any other. Mm. Um, and another thing that happened in Atlanta, uh, I uh, had met my friend Jerrica there and she had wanted to buy a Corgi <clears throat> shirt like the one I had. Okay. And she went out one day. It was like a two show day or two. It was a two day show. And then the next day she had on a Corgi shirt, but it was a different one. It was a Hawaiian print one. And I'm like, well, I need that shirt. So after (laughs) this was like a year later at the Philly show, um, I had bought that one. And we got a picture together with both of our Corgi shirts or something like that. I'm probably messing up the timeline, but that was awesome and just amazing. And uh, it continues to be fun. And then, of course, you know, meeting my friends here on the PenCast, uh, Dan, our, you know, you know, tech, uh, our, our you know, science correspondent, you know, textile <laughs> you know, right. guru. He had brought that astronaut glove to D.C. Uh, in 2022. So I got to get, get a picture of that. And the thing was huge, by the way, all full of wires, too. I had to put my finger in there very, very carefully. Yeah. 
Um, so that was just amazing. And uh, I, I knew who he was immediately. He knew me. And, and it's just like, ah, you, I don't know you, but I know you. Yeah. All of those interactions are priceless. Oh, yeah. And then uh, 2023 at DC, I got to have the most delightful dinner, unforgettable dinner. And I had met Brad Dowdy and Aziza uh, at a bunch of different times. But I got to go out to dinner with Brad and Aziza and Aziza's podcast team. And it was just, and, and uh, Aziza's friend Sim was there, and it was just the most delightful dinner. Uh, it was a Mexican or Tex-Mex place, and that was magical and wonderful, and I will never forget that. Um, and then uh, there was another dinner at uh, in 2023, actually, but this one at the Baltimore show. Uh, I was there with, uh, Brad was there, um, Fiddle Twist was there, Evan and his dad were there, and then... Um, uh, uh, Annabelle from uh, Applebaum and Opus Sinaris was there. And she being from the Netherlands, uh, just very quiet, soft-spoken, you know, <laughs> right. a little, little, little timid. And the server we had that day was the most direct, forceful, <laughs> short, you know, curt yeah. fellow I had ever been served, you know, by <laughs> my entire life. And his name tag said Charlie, but with the E Y, but there was a space between the E and the Y, so it looked like Charles E. e. <laughs> so that was memorable. But he was just so like when it came time for her to order, he was like, you know, just what 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 you want, what you want, and she's like, uh, well, um, <laughs> and then I remember he said dressing, like salad, and she was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> not used to that so funny. confrontational and no style. no and he like like she's just naturally a very just calm you know for for yeah. for, for america that anyway over right. there she says she's loud but um and then this guy was just like so just abrupt and just <laughs> he he was not polite um he was not mean but he was not he was not having a good day so mm. i'll never forget that because that was a really really funny dinner um and then san francisco 2022 overall so that was my first trip to in and out burger with my friend craig um oh. and his friends david and troy came with us um and uh got to eat in and out that time i got to hug mark dwight in his fuzzy royal plush jacket so that was amazing an yes. experience i'll never forget <laughs> and then that was the year we had that live event with uh brad from pen addict cy from tokyo station pens and then april and kelly from the stationary cafe so we all did mm. a panel together at that event cool. which was really unforgettable as well uh, and then one of the most unpredictable events from that year is I kind of got kidnapped by uh, three delightful ladies, um, Cheryl, Sherry, and Marianne, who were friends of Mark Dwight over at Rickshaw. Mm -hmm. uh, I was with Mark for a shop tour, and Cheryl was great friends with Mark, helped him run the booth. She now works there. But uh, she was like, hey, do you want to come with us to go somewhere? And I'm like, and like, they knew me. I didn't know them. They seemed nice enough. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I spent the whole rest of the day with her and her friends, listening to their stories, talking about how they met, how they come together at pen shows, hang out with each other. Uh, Sherry ended up being someone that you had told me a story about mm -hmm. um, because she had a uh, husband who was a firefighter. And like, yeah. I had known all about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're that lady. And she's one of the most memorable yeah. pen show people. Yeah. So like it was all For coming me. together. And then they ended up being just some of the most fantastic people I've ever met. They took me to San Jose. We got Italian dinner. I had an avocado for the first time, and mm. it was just a delight, just mm. a delight, a total impromptu random thing. But it was such a magical moment because they knew me, and I'm just like, great, this is that is an interesting experience. My work it? is yeah. done. Like I don't yeah. have to really, I don't have to do anything. If y'all know me, great, sure, let's go somewhere. And 
it was such a and and I love that. Like I'm not mm. like I love not having to you know. It's like you get to skip you know a bunch of steps just to the okay cool let's have fun part. Especially if you're with another group and they're like all talking to each other. And yeah. You're like getting to eavesdrop on their small talk. I'm just like great. And they already know about you. Let's so. go. Yeah. Like, let's, let's your your blended let's introverty so we just, sat, we just sat outside of san jose and got scared to death by all the crazy lamborghinis driving by and trying to oh. get attention from people there you go. um and obviously uh pencast number 100 at the dc show last year 2023 yes. can't forgive that one worse um the mexican pancakes at the dc show for a couple R- of years r.i.p those are no longer available but some there, uh, there was at least two years where we went to a mexican restaurant in the mosaic district of washington dc or yep. you know, not dc proper but you know penn show DC. metro dc area yeah, yeah. and uh there was a mexican restaurant that uh, sold pancakes and i'm with brian and rachel and some of the members of our team and i'm like well i need to get these pancakes because they're on the menu why would this mexican restaurant have yeah. pancakes and if we, were not- all, we were all like true pancakes like really i can't mexican not restaurant? get pancakes so i got them <laughs> so and they were them. amazing yes and then the next year next year we went back and like almost everybody got the pancakes and they all agreed <laughs> that they were amazing and then the restaurant closed down yep. so that was a bummer and then overall i'll just round because out pancakes don't pay the bills i know unfortunately <laughs> I'll just round things out by saying there were so there have been so many pen friends, pen celebrities, mm. just people that I've been excited to meet, whether it's other retailers that have all been amazingly nice. Like I've met Tom from Goldspot, I've met Yost Applebaum, I've met the Drom Ghouls. Like they're all just such delightful people and it's been amazing to kind of see them in person. Yeah. The whole community is filled with delightful people. And then, you know, you've got the influencers and the video people. Like, I remember uh, when I met Abby Sai in San Francisco, she was like, oh, my God, it's true. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Abby. And we were both just like complete nerds for each other because like, <laughs> like we both. Yeah. And yeah. it was just fantastic. And there have been so many wonderful interactions like that uh, with so many people and people I've just known from Instagram that I finally got to meet. And uh, yeah. it's going to keep happening, which is amazing. Another wonderful reason to continue going to these shows. Yeah. Um so yeah, I sort of similar. I echo like everything you've said. This is really an impossible question for yes. me because I'm gonna like leave out so many people that I would love to just go on and on and on about. Um, so forgive me for that. But <clears throat> um, obviously, one of the most memorable for me was the first pen show that I went to in DC in 2009 because I really didn't know what I was getting into. I knew nothing about this world at all. It was a tip off from a friend of mine who was a pen maker. You know, I was a wood turner pen maker. And so I didn't know anything about fountain pens, never used one in my life. I went to that show just to scope it out and see what it was all about and get some Rhodia and a bottle of ink. That's kind of like all I knew. I was like, well, I want to try a fountain pen. So let me go get some stuff. And I went in and I was totally overwhelmed. I was like, what the heck is this world? And then I also sort of have a revelation of like, I need to learn more about this. I want and to be a part of this. Here we go. This is great. That's really what kicked it all off. So I want to go to there. Yes. Obviously that was that was a uh, very meaningful. Um talking about the whole like fanboy type of thing. Um in DC in 2018 is when I met Jake Weidman, mm. Master Penman. So that was he was attending with Kenro. He was doing some stuff with Montegrappa. So he was like engraving some stuff and and doing some stuff for them at the table. Um he I remember in, that he was doing caps, right? He was, yeah, he was engraving people's caps. Yeah. yeah. So if you bought the Monograppa mule, he would engrave, it was a copper pen. That's right. He would engrave in the copper. Mm-hmm. So he's he's such a Renaissance man. He paints, he does wood carving and woodworking. He does engraving and jewelry. He's a master calligrapher, you know, just incredible guy. Um, and he's also like probably the nicest person I've ever met in my life. Just genuinely good guy. And it was like, 
I had made contact with him before that because I just loved his work and loved everything he was doing. So we knew we were going to meet each other at the show. And it was like, kind of like you said, like the mutual fanning out. Yeah. And that happened. And we've been friends ever since. So that was extremely memorable. And Rachel thought it was hilarious because she got to see me geek out and fan over somebody, which doesn't happen a lot. Um, Lots of other pen influencers, kind of like you said, um, you know, um, Brad and Mike in Atlanta. You already talked about that a bit. Um, meeting Stephen Brown, seen him on a couple different occasions, but he's one that goes way back as well. Um, so getting to meet people who I haven't been in contact with for like, I don't know, years, decade plus, getting to finally like meet people in person is like a very surreal experience. Um, people like Mike Madison, Aziza, David Parker, uh, Fig Boot. He's a big fan of Rubik's Cubes. So we get to like geek out on Rubik's Cubes and stuff. Um, and then uh, I think this was also Atlanta in 2018, um, Matthew Morse. Uh, so he was doing at the time, I don't know if he still does this, but he was doing stuff where he would like grind away part of a pilot parallel so that it was like not, it was kind of yeah. rounded mm-hmm. and he would do this kind of art and then he would like flick ink onto it so it had this very like you know um gra- graffiti-ish kind I remember of like that. I actually don't, splattered look i actually don't think we were using parallels at that point i think he had folded nibs with oh him. maybe he had folded nibs yeah. i know that's like a thing that we, we I, I ground a couple i did mess with the parallels but so i may be incorrect about the tools that we were using at the time but yeah he had I like a lot sitting, of folded nibs yeah sitting with him at the show like is it right outside like the bar seeing, area yeah yeah. yeah yeah those were folded nibs i okay, remember yeah, that yeah okay gotcha i was terrible with those i don't know why yeah but like just getting to see because i'd like seen his artwork online that mm-hmm. he'd done and then seeing like how he did it. I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Um, he's also a super nice guy. Um, and then a couple of like just classes, like education that I got at some of these shows. Um, so Richard Bender doesn't, I don't think he does the instructions anymore on the nib grinding, but I don't know. he might've kind of sunset on that. He was like easing into retirement for years there. Um, but we'd taken a class there in DC. I got then got further instruction with him, but you know, it started out at the show um, got to sit, down, to sit down with Mike Masayama for a couple hours um, and get some nib training as well. Obviously, getting to sit with Mark Bacchus and Gina Salarino and other, you know, all the nib folks are so nice. And like, excuse me, if you go to a show, they're not like huddled away somewhere. They're just like out there and they're like grinding, working. Everybody's just walking around. So if you kind of want to see what they're doing, you can just, I mean, you want to respect their, you know, personal space, but you can kind of just stand there and watch them work and you can just learn a lot. And a lot of them, if they're like, you know, if it's not super crazy crowded, busy, they'll even kind of explain some of the stuff you're doing. You can kind of pick their brain. So um, that's been really cool just to, to get to see some of them work. Um, I got some specific pens that I've wanted at some of these shows. The Pilot M90, got that at the Atlanta show there. Uh, the shown with the Monarch nib, got that last year. Um, Canalea, I've gotten one or two of those. Um, and then some like vintage stuff. I got like a Schaefer snorkel. I've gotten a Parker 45, just some things where I like, I've gone to previous shows and it's like, Oh, I get asked these things or I'm curious about this pen. Let me go find one of these at this show. So that's always cool when I can have like a find that I get at a pen show. Um, and then the biggest thing really is like just hearing people's personal stories. Cause obviously we've been doing the broadcasting thing, whatever, for quite some time. And there's lots of people whose lives have been impacted by some of the stuff that we've done, whether it's like content or whether it's, you know, actually getting these products and using them. So getting to hear people's personal stories and how it's impacted their lives, especially ones related to like mental health and like using pens to, and writing to like help recover and cope and like deal with all this real stuff in their lives. It just like, it just hits in such a 
different way than just like, oh, we're talking about pens and sell, sell this thing this week. You know, it's like, no, this like really means a lot to a lot of people. And that is really like good fuel. We always come back so recharged. Yes. Drained and recharged. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's very draining to like hear this, especially the really heavy stuff. Like people talking about, I mean, I mean, literally people talking about like, I was depressed and suicidal and then I found your stuff and it turned my life around. And and you're just like, oh my gosh, like we're just sitting down doing a pen cast. And I'm like, I had no idea that it was like that impactful. For and you're just like, <laughs> oh my God, I feel like I can't ever take a minute off because, you know, it's like that important to some people. But I mean, obviously we, we find that balance, but um, just, you, it just, you know, hearing that, like literally people that like flew to the show if we said that we were going to be at a show knowing that we were going to be there and telling us these stories it's, it really means a lot so um pretty cool so anyway it's a great community love it love being a part of it super honored all right all right drew next up comes from an anonymous youtube user but it's a good question okay um they ask which lamy lx color mm. would we like to invent like a new one. Yeah. Which we the LX or the Lux. That's yeah. what it's known sometimes. Yeah. So. I don't know. I never know what to say. No. But me neither. we've Aussie, never. Aussie, you know. Right. <laughs> we never talk about this pen, like ever. So I jumped at the yeah, opportunity to yeah. have a Lamy LX Lux question. Yeah. So let, let, let's do it. Let's invent a new okay. Lux. I did give this some thought. Yeah. Because I actually do really like this pen. It's a nice pen. Me too. Yeah. Now I will say, if you just look at the pen, it seems like it's a bit more expensive for what it is because it's essentially an an all-star now like the trim is a little nicer and stuff like that but also it's the packaging which we don't necessarily show a whole lot but the tube that it comes in is also metal it matches the pen so the presentation on this is really nice um and that's part of what you're paying for way more gifty than an all-star with that you know slotted cardboard 100 percent so that is part of it. But if you're just using it just for the pen, it feels like you're paying a little bit of premium. But that tube is really cool. So you get that anyway. cool nib too. Yes. And the nib looks really sharp. So um, they've done five colors so far. We have four of them currently on our site because they have one that they've discontinued. So they used to have just like a, a gold, like a yellow gold one. I don't know if you remember that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was all gold and trim matched and everything. Still had the black nib. Um, but the current four that they have now, uh, rose gold, maroon, yes. which is brown, which Drew, of course, likes, ruthenium, which is like a dark gray, and then palladium, which is like a white, lighter silver color. Um, so I think like kind of the vibe with the the Lux is like they're very metallic, very like precious metal type of a vibe. So I I was thinking about it. I was like, okay would I feel like we need to like deviate from that, you know, like go with some wild colors that like really stand out. But it's also like, well, that's kind of what like the other pens are for. Should I stick more with the like precious metals kind of a thing? So I really was thinking about this way too much and how much I thought about it probably didn't present in the output of my thought that I will share, but just know that I thought about a lot. Um, I was thinking about, and I was thinking like a Black would be pretty sweet. Definitely. You know, like I think about like the Lamy All-Star black that they did. That was a special edition, Um, but it looked really, really sharp. Um, And maybe as a variant to make it look a little different is if you kept it black, but you did the ruthenium trim. Yeah. So like a two-tone with like that ruthenium, like steel gray, like gunmetal kind of a trim. That would look tight. Yeah. I would like that a lot. So I think that would be cool. Um, I don't know how this would actually work, but I said Damascus. 
because I think Damascus looks incredible. If you've ever seen like Damascus steel, like knives and swords yeah. and stuff like that. I don't know because you wouldn't actually be able to make it out of Damascus. Damascus aluminum, yeah. I don't know what that would look like, but I'd be curious. It would probably actually not look that great. But I don't know. If it could be done right, that would look pretty rad. Mm. That wasn't my best idea. <laughs> um, so basically I went on a Google search and I was like, what metal colors are there? And um, so I found- uh, Can't metal be any color? Well, you can color it to make it look something, but I'm talking like like the, the mineral, like the raw element. Oh. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know, like gold, rhodium, like these are all elements, palladium, platinum, all that kind of stuff. But oh, okay. most of them so you're are trying like, to stay on theme. I was trying to stay on theme. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's that's what just kind of, you know, because like they have all stars and like you can get so many different things. So I was like, what would really fit within that like precious metal kind of a vibe? So the one that I think I pulled out of it was bismuth. Oh, yeah. So which, kind of like a rainbowy stuff. Yeah. So like a bismuth is like a, it's like a really shiny steel, but it has kind of an iridescent look to it. Like if you look at bismuth crystals and stuff, they look kind of crazy. All right. Yeah. Because bismuth isn't a steel. It's not really like a metal, but it is like an element of some kind. So yeah. I don't know. Like you create it with, uh, it's like a chemical reaction. Yeah. And it builds upon itself. Yeah. So I don't know if it totally fits in the thing, but I don't know. But no, it's you could get, you could achieve neat. that color though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think that would look pretty rad. Um, so that one is probably like on the wilder end of what I can. That would look with. rad, yeah. Yeah, that would look good. So anyway, Google that. Bismuth crystals, they look crazy. Yeah. They're like very geometric. They're like all squares. Yeah, yeah. And they look like square rainbows. It's yeah. crazy looking. It's funky. But, yeah, Archer yeah. has one of those at home. Oh, really? Yeah, because he, he okay. every, every now and then he gets obsessed with minerals and gems. Okay. And then he forgets about them and doesn't care. And then he comes back. And Gotcha. Yeah. I also saw like blocks of bismuth. Like, I don't know that it always has to look at like those crystals that might be like, you can, you can form process. it at home. Okay. Like you can, oh. you can get the chemicals needed and I think it might need to be electrified. I don't know, but um, huh. okay. you can do it at home. I've watched videos. I forgot about them, of course, cause that's how my brain works. But yeah. <laughs> you know, at one point I knew exactly how to do it. And then it got pushed out and refilled with something else completely pointless. Okay. I will have to Google that while you're responding. Yeah. To your well, question. I think that the black is a great <laughs> idea. And I thought about that too. I didn't stay on uh, theme as well as you did, but I thought about black and pink because I would want a black pen with like anodized hot pink clip, and finials because I think black and hot pink are super freaking rad. And then likewise, I would love to have some more brown pens. My first thought was a uh, brown with green hardware or green with brown hardware. I don't know. Either way, you go with, you know, clip and finials, green or brown, and then the rest of it, green or brown, whatever mm-hmm. the opposite is. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about the Royal Jade and Rose Gold Twisby Eco and how mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. that was. Mm-hmm. So I have to think about a green LX with rose gold Ooh, hardware. That would look good. Right? They haven't done a green like that on an all-star, have they? Not that I can think. I don't believe so. I have a, I have a pale green one. Have they done? Yeah, I guess they've done the, they've done like a mint but green. But I think about like the dark green, like the Diplomat Arrow, how beautiful that yeah, is. Yeah, they haven't That's done a stunning, like that. Uh, aluminum can look really good when it's dark green. That would look tight. So dark green, dark green rose, gold rose gold hardware. Yes, sir. That's, I think that's a better idea than mine. That is, that that's is, pretty solid. That's what I'm sitting on. So when I Googled how to make bismuth, mm-hmm. Google autofill was like, how to make bismuth crystals from Pepto-Bismol. That's, what, <laughs> that's one of the things that came up. And I was like, well, I got to click on that. <laughs> so apparently you burn off the impurities using a blowtorch and then melting and crystallizing the metal. That's one method. Second method is to grind the tablets, dissolve them in muriatic acids, filter the liquid, and precipitate the bismuth onto aluminum foil, and then melt and crystallize the metal. 
and you get those crazy looking QB crystals that are rainbow looking. I think you need to do this this weekend and report Sounds back. Sounds like I need to make my own bismuth all-star Lux thing. That's well, going to be very difficult to do, but you know, it seems like it could happen. I don't know. Let's go for it. So is it a metal? Right. I'm not going to confuse now. I don't actually know what bismuth is. I need to research it more. I think it's a... It's not really a... I think it's a mineral or crystal. I mean, it is metal. It is metal, but it's like a crystal. I, I don't know. I don't know either. We are we are now over the cliff of my actual knowledge. I think it has knowledge. to be crystal because that's how crystals are formed, right? But it's they're, they're, they're me- built it's upon metal. It. Like what are well, crystals are. Oh boy, I really don't know. It's what like I'm crystallized metal, right? Right. You know what? Somebody oh out there boy, knows I'm... way more about us, and they are just beating their head up against the keyboard, okay. like y'all. Yeah. Shut up. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Anyway, it piqued my curiosity. Yes. Had Somebody I, will let us know. It seems like it would have been good for me to do a deep dive on that, but I just didn't. Nope. I didn't take the bait. No, that's not so, even that. That is a we'll deep dive I, on a tangent. That is a very tangential. Yeah. All right. Okay. Question four. Go. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, Abyss says, "Grail pens have been discussed on the show before, but do either of you have Grail nibs, i.e., the Sailor King Cobra? That's a good one. That's a good one, Drew." I do have grail nibs. I have lots of grail nibs. Mm, Lots. Lots. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, Let me start off with my most superficial grail nib, and that Mm. is to – you can equate this to the Infinity Gauntlet, Mm. or you can equate this to the EGOT um, pursuit. (laughs) Uh, But I would love to have an Estabrook with with all of the special nibs on it. I would like like to have multiple Estabrooks with the CY CY Techo. I thought you meant like a multi-pen – no, no, I like... want I want a pen with the CY Techo, with the with the Gina Journaler, with the Josh Scribe, with the Kirk Needlepoint. I want I want all of them. Okay. In in, it, in their own little case, I just like I, I just so just like all of them are Grail pens or Grail nibs. No, but all of them together is a Grail nib. What do you mean set. together? Like I on want a single the set. writing instrument. I want the set. No, I want the collection. But there's I feel not like a set. What are you talking about? I want about? to make a set. But this doesn't even exist. I'm gonna buy all of them. Well, okay. If that's what I want. I want, you know, okay. any any one is delightful, but yeah. I want them all. I feel like something special would happen if I collected them all. Okay. I feel like I would achieve some sort of supernatural ability. Kind of like the, um, oh boy, what are they called? My kids talk about it all the time, and I pretend to listen. S- Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, the Chaos Emeralds. Chaos Emeralds, yes. Yeah. Chaos Those. Emeralds, or most famously, the the uh, the four skulls from the, the movie The Phantom. Oh, there you go. Yes. Or like the the stones. Rest from, in peace, Treat Williams. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. The, the different the, stones. Uh, Sankara stones, I believe. Yeah. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, Monty <laughs> Winfield makes incredible stacked nibs. His polishing. He's got some crazy stuff. His welds and his polishing are next level. These the, the seams when he stacks nibs just look so freaking gorgeous. Yeah, they do. And he, we'll get into this a little bit later talking about reverse writing, but he makes a lot of nibs that have some really nice um, really wide strokes because of the shape, and then they write really well upside down as well. So you mm-hmm. get two completely different strokes. Um, he's got like the seagull nib and a bunch of different bird themed nibs. I would love to have one of those one day. Yeah. And then I want a monarch nib. I want a show design a show design monarch nib. Really want one of those. I want a rainbow one. I just or any of them. I don't even care. I just want one. <laughs> I just want one. I, yes, please. Yep. Um, but uh, of all, oh, oh, uh. uh so the Peniter Quill nib. So you know I love that nib. You know I love the way it looks. Yeah, yeah. The writing is good. 
Yes. I would want to get one and have it highly customized. You know, maybe mm. some feed edits done, maybe have it thinned out so it's more flexible than what it used to oh, be. Okay. Basically, I'm in love with that nib, and I will need to. I will just work with it forever. But if I okay. if my Grail nib is basically a Peniter nib that has been super customized, kind of like my 912 has. Yeah. So I was th- yeah I was thinking like, I mean, I was originally thinking like commercially available nibs or whatever but customized like that totally makes sense because yeah. that's essentially what all these yeah like fancy of. nibs are is yeah. customized yeah and then finally without a doubt though the space when you think grail nib this one is far 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 ahead of all the other ones it's not even a close the mm-hmm. grail nib that you know i would have would be annabelle of opus Cineris's harmonic nib that is the nib i've talked to you before about how like she meant she yeah. melts the gold she forms the shape she folds and you know like that is yeah. the most that is the grail of grails when it mm. comes to nibs out she's there she's like hammered some and oh yeah they're like a thousand dollars a piece like you know at least i mean there should yeah. probably be more but you're not there there is no nib like that yeah at all in the world so that one has to be the grail nib like if you if that's not your grail nib then you haven't heard about it before because that just that's it it's a it's a work of art yeah on a pen so that has to be my number one for sure what about you you know these are all really good nibs i like all these um i have some of these already so some of that is like i I, know i kind of like (laughs) i'm not trying to rub it in but like i don't know you put them on you you put the question on here so i was like yeah i actually have some of these but the thing i will say is like there are yeah i know some but i so I have pretty simple needs when it comes to actually writing with my pens. Like I don't write with the craziest nibs on a daily basis. You know, I kind of like my more conventional nibs. Well, you also don't collect unnecessary things. <laughs> like you, you, you what? are, you, you are very. <laughs> if you collect something that you, you that there's always a purpose. Exactly, there's always a purpose. So me, I have no problem collecting things I never touch. So that doesn't bother me. Um, for you, yeah. you use everything you collect. This is true. I have a very utilitarian right. so collect. I would have no problem like, tendency. Th- my, my pursuit in egotting these Estherbrook mm. nibs uh, would not be to use all of them a lot. I probably would eventually, but I just want to have them just to have them. That's true. That ends up being what these grill nibs kind of are for me. Yeah. Like I, I have uh, a custom nib from Ralph Reyes. Regalia nib that is crazy looking, mm-hmm. stacked and all this kind of stuff. I forget the official name. He had one called the Ragnarok. I remember that. I think I might have a Ragnarok. That one has a lot of cuts in it. I don't think I have that one. I think I have, oh, I have, I'll have to look it up as to what the name is. But um, I got that from him and that was really cool. But I'm not like inking that up and using it all the time. I really probably should. Um, so I do have some other ones like that. I've got the Monarch. I've got some of those. Other, but I don't, I don't know if I have any crazy Monty Winfield stuff, but he has done some wild looking nibs. So I'm kind of on board with like any of those. They yeah. look all really cool. I like stack nibs. I think it's not just because of the way they write. Do you own any stack nibs? I don't. The, I do. The I do. Regalia one is a stack is nib. It? Yeah. Okay. I think it's a triple stack. I own I own a stack nib from uh, um, uh, Pensloth. Uh, okay. It looks kind of like Batman shape. Yeah, which is really okay. fun. Yeah. It's yeah, I like it because it's like it's artistic, and I appreciate it because of the craftsmanship. Like, I don't need to write with a stacked nib in my daily writing because they all write 
super wet and super broad. Like it's not a daily writing no. thing so much. Um, but you can, I mean, it does some cool and interesting things, but it's more just like, I appreciate it for what it is, you know? Um, so for me, I put a pilot emperor nib. I don't have an emperor. That's a, that's a hole in my collection that I'm sure one day I will do fill that. I, I mention it all the time. I know. When Rachel's around. I know. I try, I, I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wingman you on this, Brian. You, I appreciate the support. We're getting there. <laughs> but, I mean, really, if I, like, hard sold her on it, okay, I could justify it. But it's like, I got enough pens as it is. We can we can chill. Wow. Um, but Do you even a, belong in this hobby? I'm trying to, I'm trying to be <laughs> some semblance of, you know, self-control. Um, so that is that is cool. The Pile Emperor. Um would be really cool. And then I think my like more wild one would be the Sailor Nagahara King Eagle. Oh yeah. So that is a triple stacked. Um and it just looks really cool. So that would mostly be it. But they are extremely rare. I don't even believe that they're being produced anymore. So Oh, he probably um, does. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I follow him on Instagram, but I don't Yeah. Can't I remember. Don't, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, that's it. <clears throat> All right. So let us know which ones you guys are keeping your eyes on, too. Um, I mean, we have some pretty wild ones, but we obviously, we see a lot of nibs. So our taste in grail nibs is probably a bit more exotic than your average pen collector, just because of how involved we've been in the community. Um, so, yeah, there you go. All right. Finishing off question number five from Jennifer. Uh-huh. Jennifer asks, so I want to know what is the purpose of reverse writing with a nib? No purpose. In a lot of fountain pen reviews from you guys to Doodlebud to Fig Boot, mm-hmm. they will provide a writing sample and they always include reverse writing. But why, guys? I don't understand the purpose of reverse writing. Please explain. Um, I would probably venture to guess. I don't have any hard data around this, but probably 99%, maybe higher, of fountain pen users are never reverse writing with their nibs on any kind of a regular basis. So I don't think it's actually that common. However, from having been a content creator in the fountain pen space for nigh 15 years now, I can say there's certain things that people ask about all the time. So is this eyedropperable? Yes. Exactly. Whether or not it's something that's popular or people even really actually want to do, there's a natural curiosity around what happens if you do this thing. And look, that's great. Like any engagement, any interest in it, I'm all for. So I would not be surprised. I have no perspective on Doodlebud and Figboot because I don't know their personal motivations. I haven't talked to them about it. But as a content creator myself, I can say there's a pretty good chance that they probably just get asked about it so much that they're like, I'm just going to reverse write with it. That way I just don't get that question that I have to respond to every single time I post a review. Cause that's definitely what's sort of, sort of formed our reviews over time as well is like, I mean, it's like you're just responding to questions yeah. that get asked. And it's like, if this is something valuable to people, great. You know, it might be the same three people that are out there asking this on everybody's reviews. And that's why everybody reverse writes. Um, but I don't think it's actually all that common, but there is a, there is a purpose to it. It's not just like completely pointless. The purpose is basically for most nibs when they are welding the tip on and then they're grinding it smooth and all that kind of stuff in the smoothing process, you're essentially broadening the tip ever so slightly. You're rounding it off. So you're going to make it to be that, that size, but usually the top is not quite as refined 
Um, and also the ink isn't going to flow the same through the top of the nib because it's not naturally like where the feed is and, you know, the same like tuning on the inside of the, you know, it's like you have the two halves of the nib and you kind of round out the, the, the middle there, the same attention is not being taken on the top. So often you get a little drier flow through the top. So what that means in like at practical use is if you have say a, a broad nib or a medium nib that you're writing with in normal writing, and then you reverse write it, you might get more of a fine or an extra fine like level of ink output. So if you're writing on really absorbent paper or, you know, just really, you know, whatever, you, uh, have an ink that like bleeds through really bad on certain papers and stuff like that, in a pinch, you can flip the nib over and you can write with it and it won't bleed and feather quite as bad. So that's the, that's what I've heard from people that like, like to have the option to reverse write. I don't think people are like reverse writing for like pages and pages. I think it's like in a pinch, they'll do it because the paper, they can't control it. You know, people I know who've had like government jobs and stuff like that. And they're like, these forms that I have to fill out are the most absorbent toilet paper, garbage paper I've ever used in my life. But I don't want to carry around like pens just for this crappy paper. So they're like, when I have to write on that particular form or sign in on this, you know, clipboard, when I enter into this, you know, part of the military base or whatever, they will flip their nib, they'll write with it that way, and then they'll flip it back and go about their business. So I think that's like the more practical use case. Hmm. But I mean, for us, that's never relevant because we control what paper we use. And so we can always use good paper. And I think most people in like a general office setting kind of have that. But there are there are more fringe cases where I think that is like an actual kind of legitimate need. Now, the thing with that, though, is that because the same attention is not taken to like shaping and grinding and smoothing and all that kind of stuff, when you're doing a review of a nib and you're reverse writing it, you can't really say that like the reverse writing is going to be that consistent from one pen to the other. So how helpful is that? In my opinion, not all that helpful. Uh, I think it's better just to understand that like, generally speaking, if you have a broader nib and you flip it over, it might write a little finer and maybe a little scratchier too. Yeah, but, there are going to be yeah. some companies that are able to produce nibs very, very consistently. But most of the time, even between the same nib size from mm-hmm. the same brand, you see some variation. Because like we've said many, many times on this yeah. channel, there is an element of handwork involved. And whenever sure. that happens, you're mm-hmm. talking about a variable, a human variable that is going to produce variable results. Yeah. Now, I will say if you if you're like really into the reverse writing thing, you know, you, you actually, you know, I know this is a thing for different like nib, nib professionals. They will often like ask people if they like to reverse write and they will specifically tune and smooth it to be a good writing experience, writing upside down like that. Um, but it's, I don't think generally most pen companies are tuning the tops of their nib tipping. uh, Not in my experience with with my experience, like, you know, half of them are grindy, sharp messes. Yeah, because that's not what they're made for. No. You know, that's not what they're designed. Most really of the time, do. I don't check. Yeah. I, most of them, it does not even cross my mind. Yeah, and that's why I like. Like, I have not yeah. checked with. You know, I've maybe tried it with a quarter of my pens, maybe. Yeah, not many. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that, like, I wouldn't necessarily make a purchase decision off of it. You know, because of that reason necessarily. 
um, kind of sight unseen. But if it happens to work well, then cool. You know that that's the pen that like reverse writes really well and you can use it for that purpose. I mean, I buy mostly extra fines anyway. So yeah, like, it, well, like, if you're reverse writing an extra fine, then right. It, sometimes with reverse writing, you might get a functioning like smaller version of your, you know, mm-hmm. labeled stroke. But if you've already got an extra fine, like what, what are you, what are you getting? What do you, yeah. Yeah. You, you, really, you might get a double, get a really finer. sharp, grindy double yeah. extra fine up there. I don't no, know. I think, I think most people are buying like mediums and broads and then yeah. reverse writing to get more of a yeah. fine out of it. So uh, yeah, but that's like, I mean, that's the thing. When I did some training with Richard Bender, there were some specific grinding techniques he taught for that are like basically made for that purpose. Like how to actually finish the top of the nib so that it can be kind of like a designated finer size yeah. like he even has a grind i forget the name of the grind that he came up with but it's one that is you know slightly more stubby on the the normal side and then you reverse write it and it's a fine nib so it's like got sort of ends up with sort of like a triangular shape mm-hmm. to the tipping um so that's definitely a thing as well but that's that's customized that's a nib grinder that's that's not some that's not something that most companies are going to offer but that would be the reason why that people like to do it so that's it for the questions that we have this week we um, have a pen email that you can send email questions to pencast at gulliapens.com. You can also leave us comments on YouTube community, anywhere in the YouTube video, and we'll eventually see it probably. Yes. And then answer the questions. Now we are moving on because we do not have a pen spotlight, but we do have a person spotlight for Ethan, our customer care specialist. So we are going to um, let you get to know Ethan a little bit, and then we'll do some what's happening. Hi, I told you we were going to talk to Ethan, and look, we did it. He's here, and we're going to talk to him. I wasn't lying about that. Ethan is right here, right now. Well, not right now to you, but right now to me, because I'm Drew from the past. Who knows what happens to Drew of the future? I hope he's okay. Um, Ethan, hi. Hi, Drew. How are you? I'm doing well, and you? Ah, I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm about to be better, though, because we're going to get to know you. Yeah. Everybody there is going to get to know Ethan, so prepare to be known. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty open book, so. Excellent. Well, I'm going to, well, that changes things. I'm going to start asking some very invasive questions now. Um, like, what is your job at the Kool-Aid Pen Company? Ooh. That's pretty deep. Ooh. That's pretty deep. Um, yeah, get ready. So, I am a uh, customer care representative, you know, customer care specialist, as we like to call it. Um, and I am a customer care specialist too, which means I'm a little bit above when you when you enter in the customer care department. I've got a little bit more responsibility, which is always fun and stressful. Um, but the job itself is, is a great job, not very stressful at all. Uh, Less stressful than the job you started doing at the company, right? Oh, yeah. Whew. Production is where I started here. And uh, that, you know, you got to make sure everything's perfect. Because if not, Chris, so we're talking ink samples, brass sheets, yeah, like all also that Goulet stuff. grips, you yeah. know, the micro mesh, labeling ink samples, you know. Honestly, it was pretty beneficial at the start, at least, to give me a kind of a basis of knowledge of all the different inks. And kinda, appreciation. Yeah, there you go. You know, exactly. Kind of know what has to go go down in the background to get all those ink samples ready that everyone loves. So um, definitely big appreciation for Crystal production um and everyone else in fulfillment that that helps to label those samples because 
that is definitely a big help for yeah. her. And now you get to talk to people. So I talk to people. Phones, yeah. email, live chat. Are we still yeah, doing live chat? Not as much not there. Much. A little bit more with phones and emails phones. mostly. And then all of the, um, you know, if we get DMs on Facebook, mm-hmm. if we get DMs on Instagram, that all runs through customer care as well. Yeah, absolutely. All the social platforms are kind of, um, you know, headed by customer mm-hmm. care. Uh, department, we kind of take a look at you know Facebook, Instagram, all that sort of stuff. We 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 leave YouTube to to you a little bit more. YouTube doesn't plug into our <laughs> omni-channel support system. Not quite, not quite. But everything else, you know, Instagram, uh, X, if you want to call it that, Twitter, don't really do as much coming through with that as any, anymore. But Janae uh, does a lot of tw- Twitter stuff. Yeah, she does most of that. She's she's been doing great. So that's that's definitely been a a big uh positive for oh, yeah. social media platforms. Absolutely. What are you currently writing with? Because most of the customer care folks are active writers. Yeah, we, we are. We do like to use our pens a little bit, you know, here and there, I guess, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Um, I, you know, I have a few different things inked up. Don't necessarily stick by the three pen rule. So <gasps> don't yell at me. That's fine. I, 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 I do it for yeah. my own sanity. I don't, I don't yeah. need anybody well, else to. Looking at my pens would maybe make you insane, but that's oh, okay. But, maybe you need it. Um, you I know, have, I keep I, them, I'll give you a pamphlet. I keep them well maintained in terms of I don't let them get too you know gunky or anything. But uh, always have a Twisby Eco inked up. Um, I still. How many of those do you have? I've got about three or four. Okay. Couple five eighties. Don't have any Vac seven hundreds, but the Vac isn't necessarily my style. Like, yeah, mine, like the mine piston. Either. You know. Yeah. I find it a little. I, easier. For me, it's just the step. I don't the, the grip of the yeah. back. It's, it's just a little funky for me. Yeah, I, I like the feel of the. the I like, I like the filler. The filler is cool, but yeah, I mean you know vac filler is always cool. It's always fun to watch it well, as well. Yeah. So that's that's good. Very cool. So you've got how many pens inked up right now? I did clean a, a few of them a little while ago. I want to say we'll go with seven. We'll go okay, with seven. okay, that's not crazy. That's not, not too bad. No. Not too bad. But I'd like to to try and keep my nicer pens. More uh, well maintained. Mm. When I'm not using them, I like. To do you have a, Do you out. have a pen that you take the most care of? That's like super special to you. Uh, probably my Vanishing Point and yeah. my my Pro Gear Slim. Mm. Those are my two because those are my two gold nib pens. Yeah. What so. what what color is your Pro Gear? It's the the Sasa. It's the uh, kind of like a turquoisey right. color, like bluish. So greenish. I wanted to ask you about that because when we did a video about our favorite pens, you know, you were in that and you talked about your mint eco. And yep. that's a, not a dissimilar shade to the sailor that you have. It yeah, it's pretty pretty similar. I, it's like a light turquoisey teal. Yeah, I tend to go for, you know, I don't ha- happen to have anything that color on right now, but I tend to to you know, veer a little bit more towards the turquoise teal light blue. Um, yeah. I like a lot of the the lighter blues and turquoise colors. Has that always been a thing? Like, is, is that just like something that's developed since you've started working with fountain pens or like, is, are there other things in your life where light blue kind of just kind of like spoke to you? Yeah. It's kind of always been like, kind of like my favorite color. Really? Like, light blue. Yeah. It's kind of always been. That is unique. Like usually people are like, oh, brown, red, blue, green, orange, like light blue. I don't know if I've ever met anybody who's like light blue is my jam. Like you have like the colleges that are light blue. Well, so yeah, there's like, you know, like UNC some pe- and yeah, stuff like Yeah. Like some that, people have like a know? connection in that yeah. regard, but you, I mean, VCU, that's a, you know. Yeah, my my first year was at CNU, which definitely isn't light blue. They're more of a kind of a goulet blue kind of color. You know what? Brian talked about CNU just recently. Yeah. Because he, he went to see a concert there. Mm, yeah, at Ferguson Center. Yeah, Yeah, he went absolutely. to see the 8-bit big band. Okay. Uh, he was yeah, just talking yeah. about that on the pencast. Yeah, no, CNU is, I mean, 
beautiful school. My brother actually went there yep. and graduated from there. But um, but, like, to, but the light blue thing just it's just always been a thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean honestly, I kind of like all pastel kind of colors. I don't know. I'm a light lighter That's color. That's really guy. cool. You know, light purples and stuff like even pink. You know, that I don't is know. really I'm not cool. Not one to. to Hold anything against pink. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, huh, so I like all... the co- the the colors on your shirt. Actually, you know, I like yeah. that a lot. It's a great shirt. Oh, absolutely. This goes really well with my pe- with the whole pen cast vibe. I've like pe- people does, have commented yeah. that this is like a really good pen cast shirt. It's a great show. Yeah. It's, it's a good vibe. You, you tend to have some nice shirts. So. I, I, I they come my way. <laughs> they kind of just ha- they happen upon me, and I and who am I to say no? Everyone tends to love them. So, oh, I love them too. My <laughs> wife actually bought has bought most of these shirts for me. She must love them too. Like this one, I have this one I bought from supermassiveshop.com um, and a couple of the other ones. But a lot of the times, she'll just she'll just be like, she'll send me a picture while she's in TJ Maxx or Marshalls, and I'm like, new shirt. I'm like, how much is that? She's like, twelve ninety nine. Yup, that's great. Get it? <laughs> Can't beat that. I no. mean, especially with how awesome God, they look. No. Like, come on. Um, very cool. All right. So do you have a favorite fountain pen? Like, you know, whether it's in your collection or just afar that you will one day acquire? I, you know, there's always a a couple that I like and I would love to have, you know, a couple that are more questionable in the community sometimes. Uh, you know, I love the homo sapiens, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. You know, the lava material and everything. And when those things are perfect when they're know. perfect they're perfect they are quite yeah. perfect i actually just tested one earlier for a customer and it was probably one of the uh, best writing ones i know and it's so, like it, yeah you just you want them all to be perfect because when you have a perfect one it's like why can't they all be like right this? it's just like oh my gosh this yeah. is unbelievable it's like a game changer mm-hmm. yeah and, and it really shows you what what it should be like and that's that's the thing with so. that's the thing with visconti and the homo sapiens it's like it, it continues to be so popular because I think people do know what it can be. Mm-hmm. And at its best, it, it's fantastic. Absolutely. So yeah. that and is... it's a beautiful pen as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit, it, it, it is a good thing. So if you could um, snap your finger and have a grail pen, would you pick one of those up? Yeah, probably either, you know, something from Visconti. I like uh, some of their other looks, you know, regardless of the 18-karat nib. Some of their, you know, other pens are pretty, pretty cool designs as well, but... A lot of the uh, sailors and pilots have been catching my eye as well, especially some of those those bespoke sailors. Some of those are really nice. I like the along with the color thing, the uh, the rodden look to a lot of the pens. That looks really nice. The blues and purples that you can Absolutely. see when that when that reflects. You know, pilot does not really. Uh, the only pastel pilot pens I can think of are the. Uh, um, Kakunos. Yeah, they, they don't do much. They do have the the white barrel with kind of the subdued. Yeah, cap. the cap. Yeah, they yeah. don't do much like color on their yeah. higher end. Your face did not tell me that you enjoy those pens. Are you not a? I, des- despite the pastel look, you're not a. I, I'm just not a, a, a you know a Kakuno fan <gasps> what? as much. But okay. that's just because I don't use them. It's not right. nothing against them. All I just right. don't use them. Let, let, let's get a little, let's get a little <laughs> real here, Ethan. We were talking yesterday, Brian and I, about some new videos, and mm-hmm. I said, you know, I think I should do a video about. Um, how the Metropolitan is overrated. And all I'm going to do is just talk about how the Kakuno and the Explorer are better than the Metro. Where do you land on that? I, I don't disagree, honestly. I'm, okay. not, I'm not a Metro fan, to be oh, honest. Okay. I know that's a little bit of so an what unpopular do you, what, what sort of pilot, what do you What startup pen do you reckon, recommend to customer? What's like the Ethan go-to, here's what you need to start with? So, as everyone knows, if you've seen our favorite pen video. Eco. Eco. There we but go. other than that, if you don't want to deal with a piston filler... I have a cartridge converter recommendation. Don't worry. A Diplomat Magnum. Okay. My favorite pen under $30. All right. 100%. So definitely, if, you know, if you're willing to, to spend $25, $26, whatever it's at now, uh, 
I love the way that pen writes and it seals well, doesn't dry out or anything like that. Doesn't have a bad look, you know, especially if you go for the uh, prismatic purple one. I will say it does dry out if you leave it in your um, cabinet for six and a half months because that's exactly what my son did. I think a lot of, <laughs> a lot of pens might, might be similar in that respect, yes. but for the most part, yes. no, uh, it doesn't dry pen. out, you know, if you it's keep up pen. with it. <laughs> it's a good pen. Um, that's but yeah, a good no, answer. Yeah, it's a, it's a great starter pen, so definitely recommend going for that one. That's a good answer. Um, so about Ethan, you are... It's me. The only person in this building I can talk to about MMA. Yeah. No yeah. one else gets it. I come by your office quite often. Yes. So <laughs> every, every, like there are a lot of mornings where like we'll just look at each other and be like, ah, what do you think? Because something happened and like we just know that, you know, we're both, you know, on the Instagrams listening to it and everything like that. <laughs> everything. So I, so here's my thing. I like watching MMA because I can't pay attention to sports games that go long time. Like, yeah. and I need it to be able to end quickly because that keeps me on the edge of my seat. It keeps me focused knowing that, you know, at any point something can, yeah. you know, if, if like, I'm just trying to pick football teams, like the Patriots are good traditionally. Right. And the, yeah. the Browns are not. Yeah. So there's no point in which the Browns could just, after being beat up for a long time, could just instantly win against the Patriots. Right. So like, that's, that's yeah, why it can't I, change in an instant right, right. as easily. Yeah. You know, that's why I like MMA because I'm no matter what you can't completely see the ending no matter how it might appear. Yeah, there's but you you do like other team sports, right? Yeah, no, I'm I've I'm kind of always been into sports. I mean, I played. So what's couple... the what's the appeal to MMA for you? Like if it's because for me it's like an attention thing. It's yeah, a, absolutely. You know, um, you, or do you or do you just like all sports? Um, you know, I I like most sports. Most of them I'll watch for the most part, but like you said, I don't always sit down and watch like a whole basketball game or, you know, a whole football game or anything like that. I used to to sit down and watch with my dad a little bit more in terms of football, you know, got a little bit into fantasy football and whatnot, stuff like that. Don't do as much now. Um, but MMA in particular, like you said, it's one of the sports that's kind of more exciting at all times. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely still some some snoozer There's fights. some stinkers. Yep. Yeah, there's definitely still, you know, some that I might go make a cup of coffee or <laughs> Definitely. something else during, during you know, go grab some food. But for the most part, I mean, like you said, kind of always on the edge of your seat. You never really know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it can change. I mean, someone could be winning the whole fight. In the last five seconds, they get knocked out. Yeah. It's just you didn't see it coming. I mean, I've seen yeah. some, some crazy odds in terms of uh, betting respects that paint the picture one way and – that's not the way it gets painted. And you, you've done a little bit of betting, you know, on, in your spare time. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. And and you, you're very smart about it. Like, I hear you talk about it, and you're very precise and calculating. And I've I've bet a few times, and I've just lost horribly. And be like, you know what? This is not for me. I'm just going to continue losing money. But uh, <laughs> That's easy to do. You, you, you know what to pay attention to. You know what to look for. Yeah, it's uh, definitely something that's, you know, can, can be a pretty steep slope. But, you know, if you're... If you're measured with your approach, you can definitely kind of, you know, have some fun with it. Of course, never want to bet more than what you're willing to lose. That's the no. main thing. No, well, that's what that's what happened. Like, I think so. I, I like added twenty dollars to my wallet or something like that, and it was gone within, you know, like two weeks. And yeah, it just felt like, man, I could have eaten that. Yeah. Like, I could that that could have been. <laughs> Like, could have been a, that could have been two trips to Arby's. Could have been a bottle of ink, right? You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, like I would have rather had a roast beef. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's that's definitely you know something you got to think about. Is kind of like, you know, if you need the money for something else, definitely don't recommend. Yeah, betting I mean, if I, if, I, if I was confident enough to turn it into several roast beefs, I then definitely would. Say so that's the that's or the draw it, or is it, or is it for people. Beeves? 
I, is it like leaf? I, I don't know if it's a V or a, an F. Roast, roast beefs? Roast beefs. <laughs> you know, whichever, you know, tomato, tomato, whichever you prefer. Um, but yeah, no, my brother is uh, someone who I actually talk to as well outside of work, obviously. Yeah, he's a bit of an MMA head too. Yeah, he he's the one who I uh, tend to watch pretty much every weekend with, and we talk a lot about betting and stuff. He's a little more into the betting side than I, I am. He's got a little bit more spare change. He's basically Drake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> definitely not that level. But um, but yeah, no. He he does a lot of research into it and kind of has been paying a little bit more attention into kind of the stats behind it to mm-hmm. try and you know be a little smarter with what yeah. he what he puts. I down. think that's fascinating. Yeah. That's really cool. Another conversation I often hear you hear you having. I'll be in my office, and then I'll hear you going all gearhead talking about cars with Glenn because we had Glenn over here, and we you know discovered that he's quite a car nut. But then. I hear out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, well, I hear car nut Glenn going into car mode. Who does he go in car mode with? Are you a car guy? Uh, I, I would say that I am, you know, a little yeah, bit of a I car didn't guy. know this about you up until a couple weeks ago. I'm definitely definitely no sort of mechanic or anything like that. I but don't, you know what you like. But I definitely, you know, I know a fair amount about cars, different cars and stuff like that. And I definitely know what I like. I got a new car not too long ago. So. I, I hear you talk about like upcoming cars and like like – Things yeah. that are just recently launched, like you must keep up with it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I tend to keep an eye on the car market, and I like to to keep up with, you know, the newer cars m- most definitely, uh, but also just kind of kind of higher end. You know, performance cars are always fun to look at and uh, dream about, so to speak. Um, but you so know. as we wrap this up, I want to. I think that the answer to this is a resounding yes, but. All of your team in customer care, you have multiple deep dive hobbies. Yeah, right. I would say so. Yeah, there's no one that's kind of a one track. No, and I think that's fa- I think that's good because I think that we have a lot of customers that do that, and I think that that's a good place to be mentally so that you can help serve the customers well and yeah. kind of empathize with where they're at. But I do find that fascinating because it's not like we hire based on how many. You know how deep you can go on your hobbies, but just kind of hearing you talk about like, you know, the the cars and everything like that. Um, you're definitely you're definitely in there, and yeah. uh, you've definitely got some deep dives for Absolutely. sure. Definitely a little bit more than uh, what meets the eye. So, what do you think? Sports, cars. What's like the third hobby we need to know that Ethan has? Maybe one you it could be new or one you've had a while. Ah, uh, I mean. I do have a couple dogs at home. Oh yeah, I'm you dog, do. How many? Do you dog have lover, three dogs. So I've got two dogs. Two dogs. Okay. Two dogs, and they're home. big dogs too, aren't they? Yeah, one of them. Well, one of them's a little under a year and a half old, and she's about 85, 90 pounds. Yeah, it's she's, a big dog. She's she's sizable. That's a big sizable. dog. Some I've would got, say she's large. You, I've <laughs> got corgis, Ethan. You know, my definition. She's a bit of bigger big... than a corgi. Yes. Uh, the other one is uh, a little bit shorter and stouter. Uh, that's Luna. Uh-huh. It's Luna and Marshmallow. Uh, <laughs> Luna is uh, was originally my wife's dog before right. I. Uh, How heavy met is Luna? Her. She's about seventy pounds. That's a big so dog too. Yeah, she's a little. She's a little stubby. She's a little stubby. You Does know, Luna need to go a on a chunky. diet. Yeah, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe they'd say that, but she's enjoying life. Our, our vet so. said that the uh, that if uh, corgis get overweight, which they can do easily, and this can negatively affect their spine because they're longer yeah. dogs, mm-hmm. so we need to be careful about that. What we always do is we always um, when they get a little chunkier. Will do half of their normal food and then have green beans because okay. it's like a zero calorie food, but it's filling, um, and that that'll that'll take care of it. And we'll just need to do that for a couple of weeks, and they'll be good, and then we'll go right back to normal food. So I don't know if the green bean magic will work for you, but it might. I don't um, know. I mean, they said that uh, marshmallow are are 
or puppy, if you want to call her that. Yeah, oh, not no. much of a puppy anymore. Behavior-wise, that's yeah, still a she's puppy. Still there. Yeah, because she's we, still we've, there. Because we've got an almost two-year-old, and he yeah. still yeah, acts she's, like a puppy. Yeah, she's, a, she's in the, the teenager phase, uh-huh. as they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, she. Uh, they said she's a, a few pounds overweight. So we've been kind of cutting back on her food a little bit. But we didn't know exactly where she was at weight-wise. So we had to kind of hone in on exactly how much we were feeding her. But um, but she's yeah she's a she's a great dog. They're both. Is she picky dogs. about food at all? Uh, no, not really. The that's, other that's one helpful. is actually funny enough. Yeah. Lu- Luna's a little more, uh, pers- you know, picky about what she likes because we've tried to feed her things, you know, like strawberries, various fruits and yeah. things. She won't eat it. It's, she's very particular. She yeah. needs things bite sized, and she needs to know how it tastes before she puts it in her mouth, which doesn't make sense hmm. because. She'll put it in her mouth and spit it out, but then she'll realize if she bites into it, then it's got some more flavor. Oh, so like, like a strawberry. Strawberry doesn't taste like anything. Yeah, the outside it. of it's, you know, kind of. Yeah. You know, but once you get in, you know, the strawberry juices. Oh, wow. It's got some flavor. Is that challenging so, for like giving her pills and stuff? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. She's a little more picky about that. Uh, Marshmallow is a little more kind of just, you know, I'll take it, whatever. Yeah. It is. I don't <laughs> care. Uh, so she's. You got to work around it for both of them. But, that can be know. a challenge. Like, yeah, this is can. for your own good. You yeah, know. they're they're children, as we like to call them. Yeah, oh, they're 100%, our children. So. 100%. Like when we uh, having before we had our kid, having the responsibility of knowing like you just can't go out of town. You know, you have to be home nope. at a certain time. You you are caring for something that will die without you. Like it, it does. It, it's a lot yeah. of similarities. They let you know they need you when you're home. So yeah. that's for sure. And in a lot of ways, they're. Uh, you know, they follow the same rules. Like logic just doesn't work with them. <laughs> nope. Can't talk um, to them. No. And <laughs> I mean, you can talk, but they won't They're talk pretty back. darn representative of that first two years. Like, oh, yeah. That, ugh, that's yeah. You, what. you get to know their personality. That's for sure. Yeah, most that's definitely. Sure. Well, all right. Uh, real quick. One more thing. Yeah. Um, what do you want to either answer me your favorite place to vacation or your favorite type of music? Which one's, which one's more? Which is, what's more Ethan unique? Which answer? Tell me that one. Probably the music one. I mean, what's your favorite type va- of music? Vacation spots easy. Uh, music. I'm more of a kind of a hip hop rap kind of guy. Yeah. Which don't you know people don't it's necessarily like, pick do you like me modern hip hop or like old school hip hop. Uh, you know a little bit of both. Yeah. Honestly, I can I can appreciate all kinds of music, but I can definitely appreciate you know the the older hits, if you will. You know, I grew up with my dad listening to rock and roll and kind of exposing me to a lot of different things that he grew up listening to. Yeah. So my brother and I always. Kind of had a. You can go back to those roots if you need variation to. Variation in, in music. Oh yeah, you know, nice. Always. Have you seen any uh, live events in the last couple of years? Um, not, not particularly. No, no neither have I. I have seen Jason Derulo in the past. I don't know who that is, but that wasn't necessarily my choice. Is that a hip hop artist? Yeah, he's okay. a pop artist. Kind okay, hip hop. Is that a thing? Hip hop. <laughs> hey, some people kind of. Ride the border between the two. Yeah. Hip-hop and pop. So. That, that's that's kind of become a thing recently. Yeah. That, that those lines have been more blurred in the last, a like, A lot of lines years. have been more blurred in the music yeah. industry in terms of genres. Yeah. A lot of people are kind of mixing it up and changing it up. So, yeah. definitely something that's, that's, that's unique. Yeah. All righty. Well, Ethan, thank you so much for yeah. sitting down with us and joining the PenCast audience for this week. Absolutely. Thank and you for having me. Y'all can literally talk to Ethan whenever you want. How great is that? I've probably talked to some of you. Oh, absolutely. You have. Uh, info at goulaypens.com. Ethan's there waiting for you, eager to talk to you. Um, Ready to help out. Yes. Whatever I, you need. Ask him Ask him how Marshmallow is doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, right. she's always doing something. So I'll, I'll give you an update. I'll give awesome. you an update. Thank you, Ethan. Absolutely. Thank you, Drew. Back to you, Brian, and 
Drew. All right. There's Ethan. Thank you, Ethan. Thank you, Drew, for putting it together. All right. Hope now you get to know know a little bit more of the team, and uh, we'll keep it coming because you all seem to enjoy it, as does our team. So, Drew, what is happening? Well, um, (laughs) let's see. What happened? Uh, A weekend took place. Oh, I bought some new patches. Ooh, finally bought some new patches. patches. Yeah, got three new jacket. patches. I thought you were all out of room on the jacket. Well, I'm I'm being pretty choosy because I okay. my space is limited. Uh-huh. My wife brought up the fact that I did not have any Disney patches, which she was very offended by. Interesting. Yeah, so I didn't think about that. There's a uh, when you go to the monorail stations at any Disney parks, there's a little picture of a monorail, little double sided monorail. Yeah, uh, I found a patch that has that little icon, little monorail nice. icon, and it's thin, it's horizontal, so that can go in one of those harder to reach spots. So I got that. Um, I got a stack of hearts in, in uh, the colors of a rainbow, a little ally thing. And um, mm-hmm. so that's vertical. So I put that in a hard to reach spot, kind of in the middle between okay. two seams. And then I've got another one coming in the mail. It's actually uh, four different pat- patches, but they're very small. They're like the size of quarters. Okay. And those can, I can kind of fill in gaps there. They're from the, um, the Witcher uh, video game series. Mm-hmm. They're kind of mm-hmm. like, earth wind fire water things but they correspond to like different powers he has like you know there's okay. like a there's a push thing like a force push there's like a fire thing so they yeah. all rep- like igni Irden, uh quinn and God, what's the other one anyway so those i'll be able to kind of flex in so that i did good point i did consider that I so gonna say, yeah i don't know get, if i can get uh, tight on there it is getting tight it is unless getting you tight. want to replace any that is always an option. It is. Uh, I can't think of any that I would replace, but everything's sewn on, so I have that option if I want to. Uh-huh. Nothing needs to be un- unironed. Yeah. So that's a thing. You know what uh, else you could do? You could put patches on the inside just for you. <laughs> no, because then I have to sew through the jacket, and then you'll see the- uh, That would be kind of weird. Yeah. Um, you could iron them on the inside if you wanted to. Uh, I guess I could. Because that, that'd be know, really comfortable. Just for you. So this weekend on or, Saturday- Sorry, isn't there- so you were mentioning about the Disney thing. Yeah. I was like, isn't there one of the 101 Dalmatians? Its name is Patch, I think. Yes. That was my favorite when I was a kid. What if that, see, I'm it's thinking one, if, if you wanted to be like kind of a smart aleck to your wife, you could be like, look, I got a Disney patch uh, on my jacket. You could just get the patch patch. Patch patch. It'd be yeah. a patch patch. Anyway, that's dumb. That's nice. what I would do. I had, a, I had a plush. I had a plush. Did patch you? When a I was a plush kid. patch? Yep. I did. That was one of Rachel's favorite Disney movies growing up, 101 Dalmatians. I didn't. Super care for it, but I had the dog. I had Patch. Yeah, yeah I, I always like. I liked it. Yeah, it was fine. I remember like didn't rewatch it a lot. What was your favorite Disney movie? Growing Robin up? Hood. Robin Hood. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I had to ask you that. Yeah, easily. So, yeah. Um, okay. so this weekend was the Royal Rumble on WWE. Of course. So I mean, everybody knows that for the first time since probably two thousand three, two thousand four. I had a friend come over and watch wrestling. No way. Brandon. Did you wear a wrestling shirt? I don't have any wrestling shirts anymore. Oh, no. Anymore. Come on. No. You didn't keep I any? Should. I should. Aww. No, I didn't keep any. But, uh, yeah, he came over. He brought some dip. We just ate nachos and watched wrestling. Wow. It was a great time. How about that? Yep. Okay. Uh, the, the Royal Rumble is an easy one to jump into because you don't really need to know who's feuding with who or yeah. whether or not who's a bad guy, who's a good guy. Because they just, every three minutes, you hear an alarm go off and a new wrestler comes to the ring and they just all, you know, wrestle around and one <laughs> and they get eliminated 
by being thrown over the top rope. Oh. So you're like, oh no, he went under, and like, oh no, he's going. Oh no, somebody hits him in the back, and he comes back over. So this whole, okay. so it's very easy to understand. You know, you can, and it's so chaotic. You always have something to look at. Yeah, there's yeah. no like lulls or yeah. you know dramatic moments. Not really, really having to follow a storyline. No, none kind. at all. Yeah. None at all. So. Um, that was fun. It was it was a great time. And, and wow. the whole thing is like the winner of the Rumble gets to main event at WrestleMania. You know the oh. big the big annual event. Yeah. Um, which by the way, it's WrestleMania 40 this year. So because oh we were we were born the first WrestleMania. So wow, I always get to remember that. Like, hey, it's gonna be WrestleMania 40. I'm like, oh, cool. Oh, cool. I'm gonna be 40. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> So there's that. But yeah, yeah, I watched them. And then the great thing is you don't have to pay for them anymore. If you have Peacock, they're free. So oh, um, well, there you go. Yeah. Because it used to be pay-per-view stuff, right? Yeah. Like, I remember it was back, like 40 bucks or something. Yeah, back in the day, them, you'd like... have to, I don't know, my mom bought them all for us. But oh. <laughs> we'd, we'd call the number and be like, mom, please, can we get this one? She's like, fine. She'd give us her card and we'd call wow. the number and, you know, hit the buttons. Wow. So yeah, back, never, back when the cable yeah. box was just that that box with like the red number on the top. Oh yeah, it, I had yeah. one of those cable boxes. Heck yeah, yeah man. back in the day. Yep. And you'd have to you'd have to wait for the TV guide channel so you could find out what channel the pay per view was on. And you'd have to order it from that channel. Wow. I want to say it was sixty one with us or fifty nine. I don't know. Okay. So we did that. Uh, I watched my first four K Blu ray disc. Because yeah. I've started to buy some of those. Okay. I watched Aquaman, which I know is not understood to be a very good movie. I love it. I think it's a super fun movie, and it looks amazing. There's a fight yeah. scene that takes place, you know, on an Italian coastal town, mm. in an Italian coastal town. And it's fascinating because it's a crazy fight scene with mm-hmm. explosions and big punches through walls and, you know, lasers blasting and water. But it's in just bright bright light and watching mm. it you're like what the heck this looks weird and unique and you realize like like a lot of action scenes are it's like super dark yeah they're not like like what's up with that they're not super brightly lit this one is like in the bright italian coastal sunshine and mm. it just looks really cool as a result of that now it would mm. look bad if the cg was terrible but it's right. not this is okay. aquaman's got some solid cg i mean it's nice. wacky but yeah uh one of my favorite things though is patrick wilson um in that movie because the acting in the movie is like, it's fine, but Patrick Wilson is excellent. And I don't know if you've seen him. He was in The Watchmen. He was in, um, oh, God, what was that creepy movie he was in? Um, he's fantastic in everything he does. But okay. he plays a character literally named Ocean Master. And he's like, call me Ocean Master. I'm like, ha, yeah, okay. I, well, I will do that, <laughs> Patrick. Th- thank you. Yeah, he does. I'm, I'm like going to watch the second one, which I hear is even worse. But like, I hear Patrick Wilson's <laughs> awesome. So I'm like, all right, I'm here. Love that is guy. Is he like your new Michael Bean? No, no. Walton <laughs> Goggins is the new Michael Bean. Oh, okay. Patrick Wilson's awesome, though. Um, so did that. Played some more God of War. I played a little bit of Xbox 360 with my son. We played yeah. Portal 2 co-op. So that was fun. Okay. I uh, had dinner with friends on Sunday. We went over to Josh and Jeffrey's house. And um, Josh and Steven made this crazy like Asian bowl situation where you could you know, they had they had pork, they had salmon, rice, you know, all these sort of they did some kimchi stuff, I think. They did these pickled radishes. It was just a ton of stuff you could put in a bowl and mm. man, they're they're so good. They mm. have so much fun cooking and then we just bring some grocery store cupcakes or something. <laughs> I always feel like, man, we don't deserve these friends, but they keep inviting us, so hopefully they don't figure it out that we're maybe you bring terrible. something else to the table. I, I I told Shannon, I'm like, we gotta start we gotta up our game. Like this is <laughs> We got to do something. <laughs> got to earn it. <laughs> but honestly, the great thing about them is they're like, could you please go by Publix and get a chocolate pie from the 
Like they love the Ucrops chocolate pie. Yeah. You ever had one of those? They oh, love yeah. that. If we bring one of those with a can of whipped cream, they are happy as can be. So there you go. Sometimes Sounds we just do that. That's made heaven there. Yeah, no, I'm very thankful for them, though. <laughs> uh, Shannon went to a Costco run, and this has happened to me a couple times where the spouse is over at Costco, and then I get the call, and she's like, hey, there's a deal. How do you feel about replacing all of our dishes? <laughs> like, I don't know. Is that a thing? Does that happen to anybody else? Because I'm some, sure. sometimes sure. the Costco deal, like, it's a good deal, but you still need to consult with the other half. So well, especially she, something like dishes, that's like... Well, we've been wanting new dishes because yeah. they're all chipped. Uh-huh. And uh, we got them at Pier 1 probably like, you know, eight years ago. And okay. they're not in the best shape. So mm-hmm. she found this set. It was eight settings, you know, okay. pasta bowl, regular bowl, mm-hmm. little plate, big plate. Yep. And then a bunch of little little tiny bowls. Mm-hmm. Uh, seventy nine ninety nine. Wow. And no mugs. Did not come with mugs. Because I'm like, yeah. I don't need mugs. Or like teacups or something. I don't need a bunch like... of matching mugs. I have my own mugs. They're, they're cooler. For 80 bucks, I'm like, okay, you know what? And they're bone china. I'm like, this is oh, okay. something. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. So we got new dishes. Hey. So we replaced them all. Nice. Great thing was when I put them in the uh, cabinet, go to shut the door. Oh, did it just not close? It just hits the oh, edge of the big plate. Come on. It's like by like a centimeter, Brian. Oh my I know. I couldn't believe it. I was like, God. Ah. I mean, you can't do anything about no, that. No. What are we gonna do? And all the all the all of them are oh, the same man. size. So yeah. luckily, you can't really see it unless you're standing at the sink and look to your left. But so what I think I'm gonna do is probably just like, you know how they have like little rubber bumpers on them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm just gonna like stack a couple bumpers on each other so that yeah. the bumper hits the cabinet before it hits the dish do your <laughs> are your cabinet doors are they like um inset into the cabinet or are they like proud of the they're, cabinet itself? They're, yeah they're not inset so you may be able to depending on what type of hinges you have you might be able to adjust the hinges so that they come proud a little bit more and then you could put those little bumpers on and then yeah and then it would you would still have a gap but it would be yeah. like an even gap mm-hmm. and you wouldn't notice it as much maybe yeah i don't know maybe i might do that yeah. but you know that was oh, just kind of funny so annoying i know I thought dishes, well, I guess they're not like all a perfectly standard size because like yeah. cabinets are generally a pretty standard size. So it's like, why maybe you... I think these were the original uh, cabinets. The house mm. was built in 85. So I'm, okay. I think they've been there for a while there. Sounds like you just needed to make all new cabinets. We hate our cabinets. We would love that. In the corner of our kitchen, Brian, we've got two tiny little narrow, narrow mm. cabinets that you can fit some things vertically in. Like one of them, yeah. we just have like pot lids. We got a couple of those. But it's in the counter. I don't know why they didn't just do the whole like swivelly thing. You know, yeah. those things that have like the spinny yeah. dudes. Like, why not that? We've got all that space in there. Nothing so else is in there. So you don't have any swivelly things. So it's just like wasted space in the yeah, corner. Yeah, as far as I know, I mean, unless there's something secret in there. I don't know. Secret cabinet. It seems like a missed opportunity. I, we just, Interesting. We, it drives us nuts. I think the. And we've got no place for a microwave. So we haven't had a microwave in four years. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's dumb. It's fine though. Anyway, um, we bought our Disney tickets, so our Disney trip is ready. It's happening. It's happening. All right. We bought our tickets. I had to call, and it took like an hour, but, you know, whatever. Call. Yeah, I had some. Who calls? Me, because I'm a <laughs> fool. But that is all taken care of, so we nice. are ready to go. All we need to buy is food while we're there, and we're, we're, we're wow. set. So, you know. All right. That is, that is done. It's happening. And then today, something kind of crazy happened. Um, mm. My dad called me like right after we got out of our meeting. So mm-hmm. I ducked into the conference room because I'm like, something's wrong. I don't talk to my dad very much. Like, yeah, I yeah. see him maybe twice a year. Yeah. Um, so he calls me I'm like, oh God, someone died. And I was like, hey, hey, what's up? He's like, hey, you have, you have, you have some time? I'm like, uh, I mean, no, I'm just, 
sounds quiet. I'm like, yeah, well, I just ducked into a conference room. What's up? He's like, I was just wondering if I, I could bring you some coffee. I'm, I'm, I'm in the area. And I'm like, uh, 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 <laughs> like yeah, confused, yeah. yeah, I'm super confused. I'm like, yeah, uh, like, and he's like, well, well, unless you don't have time. I'm like, no, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, what do you, what do you mean time? Like, do you want to like, do you want to like talk? Like, right. <laughs> and he's like, I can just, you know, meet you outside. I'm like, okay, no, no, yeah, absolutely. Yes, please. Thank you. That's amazing. Like. It just totally caught me off guard. Like, I, hmm. he's never done anything like that, but it was awesome. I was, it was a delight. So, he just literally brought you coffee? Well, yeah. He just, he asked me what I wanted. I said, Americano with cream. He brought it by. We sat in the, you know, parking lot. Oh, I thought you meant like he got like some ground coffee. No, or something he just like, wanted to bring me a literally cup of coffee. a coffee. Just a coffee. He was in the area picking up some documents because he had actually broke his ribs uh, a couple weeks ago, fell down the stairs. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of major. Yeah. And um, I was wondering, I kept on asking him, like, so how'd you turn around? He's like, I didn't. It hit me in the back. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, ribs are in the back, too. I forgot about that. Yeah, they kind of go all around, Stupid. I guess. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, no, he's, wow. he's okay. He, you know, I could hug him without hurting him. So that, yeah. that, was, okay. that was good. But, yeah, it was, it was, like, super pleasant. I was like, all right. That? Yeah. I, I've, I've actually seen him more uh, in the last year than I had in, like, the last hmm. you know, 10 years. So, How about that? Yeah. I was like, okay. Let, let, I'll take it. Let's I mean, do this thing. So coffee, coffee is definitely your love language. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. He was joking about right. how he gets all like bougie when he goes to Starbucks because he's just a black coffee guy, always has yeah. been. Yeah. But when he goes to Starbucks, he gets like fancy drinks. I so. mean, if you're gonna go, that's there, what I told like, him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that just happened today, and that, that was noteworthy. Okay. So neat. Yeah. All right. Good yeah, to know. That's it. Oh, cool. Well, you have had, I guess, more events. I don't know. I was going to say it's been more eventful, but actually I, d- I did fewer things, but my things were a little crazier. Oh. Maybe not surprisingly. All right. Um, well, Joseph. Crazier had, than my Costco dishes. A little crazier. A little crazier. Unbe- I don't believe it. Yeah. Did I, I, I tell I, you that they came with little small bowls? Cause maybe you missed that part. I like the small bowls. I filled it with cheese balls small yesterday. Small as in like short or small as in like small as in diameter? Small uh, both. Both. Oh. We're talking like the perfect amount of like, like cheese, cheese balls. Uh, or like not quite small as ramekin. Kind of, kind of ramekin size. Ramekin yeah. size. Yeah, but, but they're round. They're, they're the bowls. Yeah, not, yeah. Okay. yeah, so great for cheese balls while you're watching Community, which is what I used it for yesterday. Okay. All um, right, so you try to top that. Try to top that. We'll let, to... we'll let the community decide. All right. Um, so Joseph had his birthday last week. So Happy now, birthday, Joseph. I now officially have a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old. Oh, my God. And you and I both are turning 40 soon. What? And that is becoming very real. Mm. Not feeling like the youngest kid on the block anymore. No, um, I had a Nerf gun with my son this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Did you pull something? Oh, I was already in pain. <laughs> my back was hurting. But I had already told him the day before that I promised him that, you know, because oh, yeah. I, already, I already pulled the I don't feel great car i'm like i'm tired because <laughs> you know i was vacuuming and stuff because i knew brandon was coming over didn't want the house to look terrible yeah but and that's then, like real like i'm tired i'm like, I'm be, like no i'm, I'm tired. tired from so life. Then next week next, next day shows up and my back's killing me he's like no fine you told me i'm like <laughs> so in my mind i'm like you know maybe it'll feel better afterwards mm, mm. that always works mm. right <laughs> yes shenanigans <laughs> with your kids definitely makes you feel more youthful and healthy right <sighs> wow yeah. Um, so you feeling 39.9? I'm feeling it. I'm feeling <laughs> it. Um, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Like we're, we're not we're not at the age where it's like, let's go to the bowling alley and have a bunch of kid little kids over. It's like, no, yeah. these are like 
teenagers. Yeah. What like, do you do? Full on teenagers. Well, it's like, it's more like we're helping him plan his party, not we're planning our party for him. Oh. So we're like, with both our kids, we're sort of transitioning into that, like, well, what do you guys want to do? Because mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to do like, what am I going to like? I don't know do balloon animals and, you know, have pinned the tail on the donkey, like pinatas. And I'm like, no, they're kind of like aging out of that. So um, Ellie was a lot, you know, she turned 12, you know, last month and she had a whole thing and had a sleepover and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. that was very successful. It was a lot, but it was successful. And Joseph like took inspiration from that. So he also wanted to have a bunch of people over and do a sleepover, but that's kind of where he stopped in the planning process. So, you know, we talked about that for like a couple of months and then it's like, I've been a 14 year old boy. So I know generally, you know, not everybody's the same, but he's genetically similar to me. And, you know, it was very much like, uh, okay, Joseph, like, have you told anybody about this party yet? Cause like, you know, it's like three weeks away. It's like two weeks away. It's like next week. Have you told anybody you want to do this yet? So it was like kind of the week before. <laughs> before he like really told everybody so we're like getting texts from various parents and they're like hey we don't know you but whatever you know it's like because we have to coordinate it through him because like it's his friends and we don't really know them it's all friends through school so it's just a different it's a different dynamic now like it's not us primarily coordinating everything we're having to like work through him and that was its own is in challenge but it got done so it got done all right successful everybody got to the place and you know a sleepover was had so he had it was it was he had a little co-ed party to start and then it became non-co-ed for the sleepover how much food did you have left in the house well that was that see that was it was interesting so honestly credit to rachel for planning most of this because rachel, that's what rachel's really good at that um so we got like a chicken nugget tray and she looked at the estimate of like how many people it would feed and you know to her credit like i didn't super detailed look at all of this until like the day of the party so i'm going to like pick up this nugget tray and i look at it and i'm like texting her i'm like rachel how many how many nuggets did you say this is supposed to feed because i'm like there's like 10 or 11 14 year olds at this party and she was like it said it's going to feed 15 and i was like we did not get enough chicken nuggets like 15 no way like i don't know what serving size they're going with but it's not 14 year olds i'll tell you that much so Do you know like, how many you know, servings is in one serving of cheese balls, by the way? Oh, in like one of those big tubs? It's just a serving size of cheese balls. Oh, is it like 11 cheese balls 37. or something? 37. 37? One serving. That's a serving? Yeah, man. I mean, they're all mostly air. Dude, I felt so healthy last night. I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is probably like 20. Look at me showing restraint. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm sure you, you, t- you, t- you tell yourself that. I did. Um, I am. Yeah. So anyway, Rachel... Rachel grew up with her and her sister. She did not grow up with teenage boys in the house. And so I was like, oh, yeah, Rachel, we need to. I mean, to be fair, I could have, like, ordered more and all that kind of stuff. But it was really crowded. And I was like, whatever, we'll figure it out. So I just told Rachel, I was like, we need to let these kids eat this. And, like, you and I are not going to have any nuggets as, like, a buffer. Yeah. We didn't eat any nuggets. And they all still got devoured oh, no. immediately. What would you do? We just scab. I mean, we had other food. We had yeah. chips. We had all kinds of stuff. Okay. Everybody got nuggets. But we didn't. <laughs> So we ate like leftover pizza and stuff out of the fridge, you know, and I was just like, yeah, when it comes to like planning, but then we bought all these chips and stuff and they didn't really go for that as much. So it's like, you get this like group think things that happens with teenagers sometimes or like, 
you know, one of them starts eating something and they're all just like, they're like animals. And they just like pick it clean like vultures. Like langoliers. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I bought all these other things and like nobody touched any of that. So it's like, I guess we have like friggin', you know, 30 bags of, you know, individual Doritos and Cheetos and stuff like that. Joseph's really happy about that, actually. So, you know. I need to ask you something about Doritos. May I? Please. The other day, I was at this office. Okay. In the kitchen. Okay. Brandon, who has been a guest on the Pencast before, Mm -hmm. comes in and starts talking to me about cold Doritos, Doritos in the freezer. And I'm telling him that that's silly. And he's like, no, you don't ever like go out, you know, you're cutting the grass and you want to just come in and have a nice cold snack? I'm like, yes, but not chips. Potato chips, yeah. And then Ethan comes in and he's like, oh, you talking about cold Doritos? I'm like, wait, what? And then is this a thing? And then he brings me some because yeah, he's insisting that it's a thing. And he brings me some. He puts them in the freezer. He brings me some in my office. He's like, here, you need to try this. And then Brian K shows up. He's like, oh, cold Doritos. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I'm like, just what? Re- like, you can't even this, say it's like a generational thing because like Brandon seems, is our age. It seems like a bizarre dream. Like, oh yeah, honey, the other day I had this dream that I was like at work and and Brandon was Everybody talking was about all cold, cold Doritos. Doritos. Right? Doesn't that seem like a weird dream? That does. But seem it was real. real, and they were saying it, and I'm like, okay, I had a chip. It was good. It was cold. It held the cold better than I thought it would. But why are you coming inside to refresh yourself with chip? That is that is kind of weird. So you've never heard of that? No. Okay. It's the first I've heard of it. Thank you. All right, I just wanted to make sure that I'm not completely losing my mind because I have every. It seems like everybody back there was like, "Oh yeah, cold Doritos." Like, I, good question for you all. Yes, is please. Cold, is cold Doritos a thing, and we're just not aware of it, or is this like new to you all too? I don't know. I'm sorry. As soon as you said Doritos, that that just hit me like a ton of bricks <laughs> because I'd be like, I, I was so flustered by that. I did hear. I don't know how true this is. This is like one of those things that like my kids watched a YouTube video and then told me about it. So I'm like. I don't know if that's actually true, but I don't care enough to verify it. <laughs> um, but I heard that Doritos actually were created at Disney World or Disneyland, that they like basically had some like chips that had gone stale or something. So they just poured a bunch of seasoning all over it and fried them or, fry, or fried them and then poured seasoning over them. And then that's like became a thing. I forget what restaurant it was. It sounds plausible. Um, but then like that essentially turned into Dorito, Doritos somehow. I don't know. I don't know how that story translates. Okay. I guess I wasn't paying that close of attention. Well, you but kind of admitted whatever. as much. Cool. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't even care to look it up. All right. So do you have a lot of leftover Doritos at home? I think so. All right. There you go. Put Joseph's going to put, gonna put those away. Put so. some in the freezer. Tell, tell me how it goes. You know, it seems like the kind of things my kids would be into. They put all kinds of weird stuff in the freezer. <laughs> you know, they're like. Brandon puts weird stuff in the freezer. He got Pop-Tarts out of the freezer the other day. And he's like, he's just bringing them back there. I'm like, what, what? He's like, yeah, frozen Pop-Tart. I would man. think Pop-Tart would hold the cold pretty well because you got like jelly in there or whatever. Like, I guess, why do you want cold stuff? I don't get it. I don't I mean, know. I like cold stuff. I'm a, warm, like... I'm a very warm person. Yeah. <laughs> so I like cold things. Like in the summertime, I have to keep those like flavor ice, like popsicle things oh, in dude. the tube. I have to keep those in the freezer. I destroy those. If I like take the trash outside and then come back in, yeah. I'm sweating. I love those things. And I need to like, I need like, I need ice in my body. But I tell to you, calm one thing down. I'm oddly particular about is I always insist that Shannon get the unfrozen ones because I right. like to set them up right yes. in my freezer 100%. so that there's room to clip without getting your scissors all nasty and sticky with it. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. What are you doing if you're not doing that? I, I never buy them frozen. Unless no. you're like in an emergency situation, like <laughs> I need, I'm out of stock. <laughs> I need them immediately. Nah. Then I'll do that. Very nice. No, I, no. All right. Well, go, go home. Put some of those things have, in the in the freezer, the freezer or the fridge, and uh, yeah. and let me know how it goes. That's one of those things. We're so off on a tangent. It doesn't matter. But that's one of those things that like 
I had some as a kid, but then I tried it again as an adult and I was like, this is great. I'm going to keep doing this. And then I didn't really think about the fact that my kids would also like pick up on that. So not so much Ellie, but Joseph friggin' he just pounds those things. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I guess I do the same thing. Oh, but yeah. So now it's like, you know, it's like Fresca. I got back yeah. into Fresca. So now I buy a pack of Fresca and I get like three of them. And then the whole pack is gone. And I'm like, daggone it. It's like I always inflation. Get, I always get two. I sit down. I, I drink my coffee at mm. night. And I go get two Freezy Pops. Okay. Clip them both. Set one in my coffee mug my empty coffee mug and i eat the first one but i always eat i always pick two one where i love the juice one where i like the flavor but don't love the juice like blue like the font like the flavor don't want extra juice of the blue no okay but purple red absolutely good Mm -hmm. juice so that one i say for second because it does get a little melty while i'm eating the first one okay so the second one is always the one that i like the best okay that's my system. That is a very specific system. Yes, sir. It's on brand for you. There we go. I will eat them usually two at a time. I'll keep them joined together. And I'll just <laughs> snip the top. What? And I'll kind of go back and forth and I'll kind of work up one or the other. It's like a pan flute. Yeah. <laughs> I have like a pan flute of Icy Pops. And I'm not joking. I, I can I can put down like a dozen or dozen and a half, you know, in an evening. That's amazing. I also yeah. like to, I'll also like to clip them a little bit at a curve so that I don't mm-hmm. have sharp edges yeah, on the Yeah, you got to trim those edges off. You know, I mean... My man, yeah. I, yeah, I knew I, I liked you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about extra food. What were we talking about? Yeah. D- Doritos, extra party. food at yeah. the party. So party, always good. We didn't plan anything super heavy, but they're teenagers and they had fun. Um, and I think they got maybe an hour and a half of sleep. So they stayed up super duper 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 late and that's okay because everybody knew. We talked to all the parents too and they're like, yeah, we know. That's what they do. And we're like, cool. Okay. We're not bad parents. It's just what they do. Yep. Because I wasn't going to stay up all night and like make sure they went to sleep. No. Whatever. No. They were in the house. They were contained. They were safe. It's all good. Um, But I will say Joseph had a friend who I'd never met this friend before. Um, who was a Rubik's Cuber. Uh-oh. And so he had his own cube and I was like, what you got there? And <laughs> then you roll him with. Well, actually the way that, way that it happened is like, so yeah, exactly. Um, I have puzzles kind of just like strewn about the house. Like my kids used to leave socks everywhere. Well, I have puzzles just scattered about. So he was finding like little Easter eggs, finding my puzzles all over the place. And, you know, I was kind of like, oh yeah, you, so he's like kind of messing with my puzzles. And I was like, oh yeah, I've got, I've got more than he was like, do you have a this? Do you have a that? And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh just no. you wait. So I brought down this like bin of like 30 different puzzles and he was having going nuts having them and he was like oh he's like i need to lubricate my cube because he's done like competitions and stuff like that he's like do you have any you know lube and i was like yep i do you got some cube lube a cube lube nice and he's like do you like this this kind or whatever and i was like well i get it from this other place and it's kind of you know so we're like talking cube lube and all this kind of stuff i was like i've never had this (laughs) level of interaction with another human being about puzzles that's amazing like somebody that actually knows and i was like it's kind of weird. It's like, here's this 14-year-old kid that I'm yep. like connecting with about this. But it's just interesting, too, to like hear his perspective as a 14-year-old yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of neat. And a bunch of other, you know, like we had the puzzles out and a bunch of others, our friends were all I mean, all the best cubers in the world are like, you know, more than half your age anyway. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like by our age, our reflexes are not fast enough to even try to compete. Plus, we just don't have the time. But anyway. I mean, I can't, even, I can't even avoid hitting my head on that light right there. Like, there's no <laughs> such thing as reflexes anymore. I know, right? Um, so that was fun getting to geek out on puzzles with somebody that actually cared. That's which kind of amazing. New. I love that. Yeah. And knew what I was talking about. Um, and then the other big thing that happened, I mean, I had my own age related stuff, you know, I had some like 
pain in my stomach and I was like, what is this? And had to go see a doctor and all that kind of stuff. It's not a thing. Um, yeah, you know, this stuff that happens. And I think about, you know, um, do you know the Holderness family? Have you followed them at all? No. Um, Kim and Penn Holderness. So they, they do a lot of like uh, neurodivergent type stuff. Mm. So he's got ADHD, she's got anxiety. It's like a YouTube channel? They have a YouTube channel, okay. yeah. But they've done all kinds of stuff. They did The Amazing Race. They actually won The Amazing Race a couple of years ago. Um, but anyway, they do all kinds of great content. Very family-friendly as well. Um, but we've been following them for years. And um, uh, Penn Holderness, who's like, he's probably late 40s, mid to late 40s. So he's a little older than us, but, you know, um, he was talking about his $10,000 poop. So basically, he had this like stomach pain he had all this stuff he got all these things saw the doctor all this kind of stuff basically it turns out he was constipated and <gasps> just needed a good dump so did is and the ten thousand dollars like all the medical, medical tests oh and the bills, like all that kind of stuff yeah he thought because he you know he thought sharp pains and all yeah. kind of body thought it was hernia i thought he was like all these other things more serious oh stuff God. you know turns out no he just needed a good dump i mean i guess that's good but geez yeah, after know, all that but it's just like so I had my own instance kind of of that this weekend. I'm just like, it wasn't obviously anywhere near that extreme, but it was just like, I was just doing my thing and I was like, hmm, I'm having weird pain. That's great. You yeah. know, and the 40 thing is on my mind a lot. And I'm like, yeah, getting to the age now where yeah. weird well, pain is As long as you don't have very present some sort of xenomorph burst through your chest, I think you're doing all right. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's yet to be determined. Um, but anyway, so part of what maybe brought on some of that pain, um, we had beautiful weather this weekend like it's been cold and crappy and awful and then this yeah. weekend it was like in the 60s bright sunshine it was gorgeous was it i stayed inside and played video games almost all weekend well for those of us that ventured outside <laughs> it was amazing i was like and there's no bugs because it's the middle of winter i was like this is sublime i have thought that a few yeah. times i just i'm so yeah oh i hate summer it was awesome yeah so i was like okay and it was so funny. I got to tell the story because um, Rachel grew up. Her family's not nearly as like direct as my family is. So a lot of times when something needs to be done, it'll be like a, a suggestion that's kind of like put out there into the world. It'd be nice if like, somebody did this. Or you know, it's it's even more general than that. It's oh. like oh, the the trash is full. Ah, you know, the mail's here, and it's just like do you want me to go get the mail? You know, so like I grew up in a very direct family. Well, they're also from like Connecticut. So they've got a little bit more of a. My family. Yeah. They're all from New England. So they've got so a little bit more yeah. of a. Yeah. 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 Pretty much like if I want you to do something, we're going to tell you. Yeah. Go do it. Yeah. So that's what I grew up with. So like when Rachel was like dropping these hints and stuff, I was just like, what? What are you doing? Like, or I would just like totally whiff and not pay attention to it at all. And then she'd get mad and I'd be like, what are you talking about? She'd be like, I asked you to do this, you know, 30 minutes ago. I'm like, no, you didn't. And so I was like, okay, look, if this is going to work, this was like two months into our relationship when we were 17. I was like, look, the way that this is going to have to work, I was like, if you want something, you just got to tell me straight up. And that might feel weird, but just, I'm not going to take it personally. Just, just ask and I'll do it. Um, so that's how we do things. But she did the biggest thing. So she's also known in her family for being like, you know, she had this thing where um, when they had their family dinners growing up, you know, if she needed to like, I don't know, get a drink or something like that she would just kind of like wait until somebody else was going up to get something. And then she'd be like, hey, while you're up, can you get me a drink, you know? <laughs> and that was like, it's like an inside joke in her family as the while you're up. She doesn't do that anymore. Um, every now and then she'll try to sneak it in. But she did like the biggest while you're up 
suggestion for me. So this is like Saturday morning. The weather was going to be beautiful. So she goes, oh, it's really nice outside today. Are you going to like do any projects outside? And I was like, um, I don't know. I didn't, you know, I guess I could. Like, it's really it's nice It's a day that there. ends with why. Yeah. She was like, okay. She's like, well, if you're going outside anyway, the trash needs to be taken out. So can you do that when you do it? I was like, whoa, this is at like nine o'clock in the morning. I had my coffee yet or anything. And I was like, wow, that is a while you're up ask of like, a, I was like, Rachel, like two hours from now, I'm not going to remember that you asked me to take the trash out. Like, I'll just go do it right now. No. And then I did and it was done and it was fine. There was a moment, <laughs> I don't know if it was this weekend or last, but Shannon was having some problems and I sat down with her and just started helping her talk through it and, um, I, you know, did that thing where I just yap long enough until something good comes out and something good came out. And she was mm. like, I, I so very appreciate your emotional intelligence, Drew. I really like it's that's really something. She went up, she took a shower, um, came back down, asked me to go out to the car to get her um, her rehearsal bag and then her cup. And I come out, I go out there, get her bag and bring it back and cup, what cup? And she's like. What, what, what about the cup? I'm like, huh? What cup? She's like, I just rehearsal back in the cup because she wasn't, you know, she didn't have her shoes on or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't remember you saying that. She's like, Drew, I, I was just up there taking a shower thinking about how smart you are and how emotionally intelligent you are and how thankful I am to be married to such an insightful mm. husband. And <sighs> yeah. I was like, it's okay, I'll go get it. <laughs> but I'm like, no, don't give me too much credit because I'm yeah, still exactly, an idiot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I get that too. I get that too. That's fine. You know what? Yeah. I'd rather be emotionally intelligent than, you know, have all my wits about actual, me. Actually right? intelligent. Yeah, you know, that's fine. None of us are uh, all tens. That's all right. Yeah, exactly. We all have our, all our, all our gifts. So anyway, because of Rachel's prompting, I did get into a project. The weather made an easy nudge. Um, So, you know, I've had this whole creek saga with the culvert and all that kind of stuff. And I've been kind of torn. Well, for one, it's been too dang cold to do anything. So I just like haven't messed around with it. Um, And we've been really busy in birthday parties and all this kind of stuff. But it was like, hey, this weekend it was kind of open. Okay, cool. Um, So once all the kids left on Saturday, you know, I was like, oh, it is really nice outside. And I was like, you know what? I needed to go to the dump anyway because I had to take all our trash. I was like, I can swing by the store, get some lumber. I was like, I think instead of a culvert, I'm going to do a bridge. I was like, I just I just don't like having to worry about that culvert in that spot. So um, I plan- I had been thinking about it, planned it out, had the lumber all picked out, went to the store, got the lumber. Cool. So um, that was part of it. But then I also need to like where the culvert was. I had like dug up a bunch of stuff and, you know, so there's like loose stuff falling into the creek. So I, had to, I have to like prepare it all because I'm going to cover that up with a bridge. So I can't really like work on it after there's a bridge there. So there's a lot of like prep work I need to do before I put the bridge there. So I have ideas and I'm going to build a very solid bridge there. Um, uh, but that said, I also... Um, Rachel needed to get her oil changed in her car. And then I needed to get an inspection done for my truck. So, um, I had called last week to get all that arranged and the mechanic that I go to, they give you a loaner car, which is awesome because I have a busy life and that's great. I can drop off my car, get the loaner. And then that works well. So this, because I had two vehicles, it was like, all right, I'm going to get the loaner. And because it's Rachel's car, it's like we're coordinating carpools and all this kind of stuff. So it's like, all right, Rachel, I'm going to go. I'm going to bring the car and then I'm going to bring it back. You take my car and then I'll drive my truck and then I'll trade the truck for her car. 
out at the mechanic and then I'll do the loaner back and it'll all work out just fine. Um, except that I wasn't thinking about the project that I started. So I had a bed full of lumber in the back of my truck. So um, here I was, I thought I had pulled something. I had some, you know, whatever it was that I was dealing with on Saturday after I ran all these errands. And then I was like, I have to go bring the truck to the mechanic. And I mean, I could have just left the lumber in the back, but it's like very heavy. It's like, there's a lot of lumber there. And you know, it's like lumber is, has value and anybody could just like take it out of the bed of the truck at the place. So I was like, I don't really want to just leave all this lumber just in the back of the truck at the mechanic. So I was like, all right, let me unload this. It'll take me like 10 minutes and I'll be done. So where I was trying to back the truck up was a little bit down a hill. And we've had a ton of rain recently and I have gravel there, but I didn't aim it great because, you know, I just missed, judged, and I went into the grass a little bit and got my truck stuck. And I was like, ah, dang it. And you had somewhere to be. And I had to bring the truck to the mechanic ah. the next day. And so I was like, gosh, darn. I'm sure that's what she said. So this was like, yeah. So I was like, okay, Rachel, I, this was going to be like a 10 minute thing right before dinner kind of a thing. And I was like, well, I've done this before. I know this whole project. So I'm going to go grab some snatch blocks because I need to winch this. Snatch blocks. <laughs> yes. I have a 6,000 pound F-250 that the thing is a beast and it's not four wheel drive. So I can't just plow the thing right out of, on its own. So I was like, oh, I got to do some snatch blocks. So I have a winch. I put that on the back of my SUV, did a whole bunch like three to one redirect, all this kind of stuff with the pulleys. And um, I had to get Rachel to help me actually like run the winch so that I could drive the truck up. But then I was able to get it out of there with a combination of the winch. And you didn't even use your tractor. Didn't have to use a tractor. All nope. right. I could have, but then it was like, Rachel doesn't really, she's not comfortable driving the truck or the tractor. Uh. So that's why I did the winch setup. It's like, she can click a button, you know. Ellie would drive the truck. Her. Ellie would? Absolutely she would. <laughs> she could probably. But, you know, it was it was weird because it was like, definitely like very sloped. It had a winch attached to it. Like it needed, it was a delicate situation. Okay, it didn't just need some acceleration. Yeah, you're, you're not, yeah, it's like it needed to be, yeah. Ah. It was, it was delicate. But anyway, so- yeah, science for the win. So I, I got the truck back up the hill. I did a three to one pull. So I had a, a 1500 pound winch. That's how much it can pull. But I did a three to one pulley, which gives it 4,500 pounds of pull. Still, it's a 6,000 pound truck and it was being pulled uphill, but it was enough juice that it could pull while I was, you know, so it, it my tire spun a little bit, but I was able to get enough traction where I was able to get it up the hill. So it still took me two hours to get it back up the hill. But I was like, as soon as it happened, I was like, this is my evening. And that's what happened. So that was my evening. <laughs> All because of this. Now I'm like this literally like I'm trying to do a culvert. Okay, now I'm going to do a bridge instead. And I'm like, I just need to unload the wood. And there's two hours to get it back up the hill. And I'm just like, gosh, this is like, it's what one of those cases of like, I'm saga. doing this to myself. Why am I doing this? <laughs> I don't, I could just never go across the Creek and I would never have to do any of this. Yeah. But, the things we get ourselves into. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was fun and the weather was nice and I enjoyed it. So those are my adventures. More more Brian Outdoor adventures. Now I still have to build the bridge. That yeah. like hasn't happened. Now I just have a bunch of wood stacked there. So should be fun though. The way I've designed the bridge, I don't have to make a single cut. I'm literally just joining wood together. Nice. So 
I think it's going to go pretty quick. But I also thought it was going to take me 10 minutes to unload my wood last night. So we'll see. I'll keep you all updated. And that's what I've been up to in my life. Um, yeah. So company updates. We'll do that real quick and then we'll wrap it up. I have some fun facts. All right. Company updates. We have a video out on Penn Superpowers. We do. One yours truly, Drew Brown. Aye. So yeah, go check that out. And that's about it for company updates. You know, new products, launching things. That's about it. Okay, so that's all we got this week. Um, Let's wrap it up. Want to thank y'all for watching. Please leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Ask us questions, etc. cetera. Um, you can check out gooleypens.com for fountain pen ink and paper needs. And like and subscribe to all of our stuff. So I have some fun facts, Drew. I would love facts. I didn't go full Make deep. Make them fun. I didn't go full deep dive, but I went whatever. Dip, Whenever dip you even in. say I didn't go deep, like that, that's kind of a red <laughs> flag for me. Because when you don't go deep, you don't say that you didn't go deep. So you saying that you went mm. deep meant, means that you went to the precipice of deep, which I still sometimes struggle with. It's okay. I'll let you be the judge. <sighs> um, so this this happened because I was I was looking at the the medals. I was researching the medals thing for the, uh, the Lux question. Yes, and I was looking at different types of metals and stuff like that. And a lot of the precious metals, it's like rhodium, iridium, palladium, stuff like that. And so I was like, kind of these are all, yeah, these yeah. are like fountain pen terms. And all I was right. like. What is kind of up with some of these metals? Like, what's what's the deal? And like, I know that. What like, is the deal with these the metals? metals? And then there's like osmium and stuff like that. So um, it was kind of interesting because I was like, okay, I know these are these are precious metals, but like, what's the deal? I was like, I don't actually know that much about rhodium. It was rhodium specifically that I was like, because I think about like rhodium plating. We say I'm that like, word a lot. So, and I was like, I don't actually know all that much about it. So I was like, let me just see what's up with this. So I found a little rabbit hole, just kind of just kind of poked my head into a rabbit hole. Didn't fall down it, but just poked it in. So I just wanted to share this this what I learned with you all. So um, rhodium and palladium were discovered around the year 1800 by William Hyde Wollaston when he was refining some platinum ore that he had purchased. So he bought like a big chunk of like very pure platinum. Um, apparently, and was like refining it in his own little home setup. Um, and he had this little like byproduct of this kind of like little red crystalline kind of a thing. And he was like, well, that's not platinum. That's kind of weird. Um, turns out it was rhodium and he found a little bit of palladium too. So he kind of discovered that. Um, apparently, I don't know if this is like 100% fact verified here. So I try to find some sources, but again, this is not a full deep dive. So uh, take it for what it's worth. But apparently rhodium is one of, if not the most expensive precious metals that you can get today. Uh, the price of rhodium is around $14,000 per ounce. Um, compare that to platinum, which is $959 per ounce. Uh, palladium is $1,866 an ounce, or gold is around $1,783 per ounce. So it's almost 10 times the price of gold. So... Rhodium is expensive. So when we say rhodium plated, <clears throat> is it really rhodium plated? Yes. That's what I thought too. I was like, if it's so expensive, why is it yeah. on all these things? Yeah. Um, so there are six precious metals, um, rhodium, pl- that are all kind of in this precious metal category. Rhodium, platinum, palladium, ruthenium, iridium, and osmium. And it's like, oh, a lot of those sound really familiar. I've, we've talked in about the osmium before. Osmium is also quite rare. Um, So I don't know about osmium. I didn't go down that rabbit hole. But um, a little bit about rhodium. So 
80% of rhodium is used for catalytic converters because it does a really good job with emissions. Is that why those get stolen so often? Yes. Ah. It's stolen for the precious metals that are in there because it's so valuable. Isn't that crazy? Mm. I think Um, I knew that at one point, but I forgot. Yep. Um, So uh, rhodium specifically is great at breaking down nitrous oxide molecules, which is a common thing in car emissions. Um, It's also used a lot in jewelry and other metal plating. So rhodium itself is very, very hard. It's very difficult to work with, Um, but it's very corrosion resistant. It is hypoallergenic and um, it's very durable. So it's really, really good for metal plating. So it's that I think that's why we see it on so many different pen parts. It's a very durable um, thing. It's not easy to work with as if you were like, you know, carving or doing like, like handwork cause it's just too hard. Um, but it's apparently just really conducive to, um, the plating process. So even though it's really expensive, um, I guess it's when you're plating, you're using so little of it. Yeah. In the cause grand I mean like gold plated stuff can be dirt cheap too. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's part of why like rhodium definitely costs more than gold plating, um, but it's kind of thing like because it can be plated so relatively thin, you're not using all that much material. Yeah. So um, I just thought that was kind of neat. That's it. That's all I dove into. Okay. But, you know, rhodium is not very bad. expensive, but it's, you know, there's a lot that's common, especially in, like on the metal parts of pens that are very common in both like the jewelry and the fountain pen world. Because um, it's, you know, essentially fountain pens are just, you know, different shape jewelry in a lot of ways. Yeah. So there you go. Learn a little bit about some precious metals. $14,000 an ounce for rhodium. That's crazy. An ounce. That's like one of your like coins that you carry around. That's like about an ounce. Jeez. So like one coin that size of rhodium would be 14 grand. Isn't that Insane. crazy? Nuts. So anyway, kind of cool. Hope you all enjoyed that. Um, we are going to be taking next week off of the pencast. Um, we had some schedule conflicts and don't have the ability to do it, but we'll be back the following week. So hope this one will last you. If not, then go back from the beginning and watch all of them. I wonder how long that would take, actually. It would probably take you the entire week to watch. Oh, I could, <laughs> I, I could tell you. Like, we, we've got... Well, it's like um, about two hours, right, per episode? Oh, yeah, our and... friend Natalie posts that in the comments almost every week about, yeah? like, the total pen cast okay. lifetime. There yeah. you go. It's not every week, it's but a... she'll pop in there every now and then and give us an update. I mean, it would be... It would be... It would be a lot. Like, what? The fact that you're mentioning episodes? it now is probably going to guarantee that you'll add it. I'm, well, I'm thinking now. I'm just we're doing the rough math. If it's about two hours per episode, which you average out. It keeps getting longer, though. It, well, a lot of the earlier ones were not two hours, so I'm thinking about right. the life of it. And then it became two hours. Now it's like two hours, 20 minutes But two average. hours, that's like, so 24 hours in a day, that's like 12 episodes for a full day of Pencast. We've done 100, this is 122. Mm-hmm. That's more than a full week's worth Holy crap, that's insane. Mm -hmm. So you would have to watch. Anyway, that's ridiculous. And we're making it longer by sitting here talking about it. So anyway, hope you all have a great week. We'll see you. Great two weeks. We'll see you. Would it feel two weeks? Now I'm thinking about that. I don't know. Y'all figure out the math. We'll see you in two weeks. Right on.